All right, parents. Go ahead and tuck the kids in. PG time is over. Hello and welcome everybody to episode 19 of Everything Paranormal Podcast Show 2021 with your host Paramike and in the deep dark dungeon somewhere in one of the four corners or six corners is the lovely gothic Paralore. Damn right. She's got some more stuff coming up to fill you guys on. Yeah. Um, she'll be here for a lot longer than what we said in our last podcast show. Um, things have not been going right since this year started. Well, last year. That too. So, she's going to have rain for now on the show so she can figure up. And then we're going back and do some urban legends. Mm-hmm. So, take it away. Okay. Uh, we are going to talk about... Um, hopefully, if I can find it. Alright. Last um, it? Nope, I got it. We're doing classic songs that were banned for the most ridiculous reasons. Radio stations, of course have censored or banned records for almost as long as they've been playing them. But since the coming of rock and roll in the 1950s, I don't know if you want to call that rock and roll, many famous songs have been banned from airplay or even removed from records for a number of unusual reasons. Let's see. In fact, some of your favorite classic hits that seem boring at best have actually been censored and it's a startling discovery. And of course, you know, before we talked about Imagine by John Lennon. John Lennon was a very controversial figure. Who would have thought John Lennon from the Beatles was controversial? From his activism to his songwriting, he was someone who was an easy target for censorship. His song, Imagine, was targeted after the 9-11 attacks in 2001. And in 1991 during the Gulf War. Wait a minute. 2001, 9-11, John Lennon all has been long dead. How the fuck is that, was that even censored? There's no cussing on it. Ironically, this is a song about peace, but the line, Imagine There's No Heaven. Really? You're gonna ban it for that? had religious groups up in arms. Shocking. The censorship didn't stop the song from being a p- chart-topping smash hit, though. <laughs> so, the uh, dead music artists actually know how to go around that. <laughs> but the line, Imagine there's no heaven. It's not fucking... Oh my god. Yeah, religious groups have to have... Fu- have their freaking panties all in a bunch. Louie Louie. I don't even know who the hell that is. That was a song uh, a long time ago in that era. Okay. Which was also played on the movie Animal House. Uh, Louie Louie. Oh. Louie Louie the Kingsman? No. Oh. No, it was a song. Oh. The Kingsman's version of Louie Louie faced bans on U.S. radio due to obscene lyrics. There was a 31-month... 
that's a time, time range? 31 months FBI investigation into the song after the band tried to cover up the racy content by slurring the lyrics. You want to sl slur lyrics to fuck people up, get drunk and do it. The investigation was inconclusive as they were unable to interpret the true lyrics. The 1963 hit resurfaced again in 2005 when a high school superintendent prohibited a marching band from playing the song. How a little touchy, are we? Oh, good God. Britney fucking Spears. Britney, I'm a fucking dead Spears. If you seek Amy, thank God you never played any of her shit. <laughs> Especially when you DJed. <laughs> I want to hurl her coconut right at the fucking soundboard. <laughs> this controversial single, whose chorus and title sound like, well, say the title five times, fast, and you'll see it. I'll give you a hint. It says fuck. It spells fuck. <laughs> if you seek it, Amy. How does that? How does that spell out? Spell out fuck. <laughs> Initially, unsure on whether the, du the double entrepreneur was in fact censorship material, the U.S. stations changed the title to If You Seek Amy. U.K. radio changed the, the, the word simply to Amy. Lots of people were mad the song was playing, getting played at all. <laughs> As the way I said before, something sounds like it's fuck. And we come to Madonna. Like a prayer. Another day, another Madonna song that has people scratching their heads. The American Family Association and the Vatican. Oh, shocking. The Vatican's involved on this one. Condemned the music video for Like a Prayer because of its blasphemous imagery. Um, okay. I remember when that vi music video came out. How was it blasphemous? <laughs> I mean, you you've heard of it, right? Here, I mean, growing up in the freaking '80s, I'm '80s and '90s. I'm pretty sure you know what the fucking song is if you hear it on the radio. You see the music video. There's nothing fucking wrong with it. There was so much pressure that Pepsi ended up canceling an advertising campaign that featured the song in 1989. Oh, come on, really? Pepsi have to be a bitch? The Pope even asked people to boycott her concerts in 1990, shortly after the song's release. Madonna has been banned in Egypt and has lots of restrictions in Russia. <laughs> really? The fucking song's not anywhere fucking blasphemous. Uh, wonder if because the Vatican don't have any colored uh, priests. Did a fact they're all fucking white. <laughs> no more. Okay, Adelie, Rolling in the Deep. You'll probably be surprised to hear that an Adelie song has been censored and banned from many radio stations. Unless if you go on, go on Cirrus, where they play everything. The song Rolling in the Deep had been censored because of the ambiguity of the word ship. Okay... I was for a minute there, I thought they censored her because of the outfit she's wearing in the photo. Online lyrics stated that the song included the word ship instead of the swear word that sounds very similar 
You got shit. Let me repeat that. You have ship and you have shit. Okay, I can understand where that can be kind of misheard if it's in music. You think you you think it's ship, but then you're hearing shit. You think shit, but you could be hearing ship. So I could kind of see. But her handwritten lyrics actually feature the explicitive word. Oh, it's explicit now. She replaces the word with stuff when she performs on TV. Um, that doesn't make sense. People can't listen anymore and they're stupid. Okay, Rolling Fucking Stones. Mick Jagger trying to look like he's Steven Tyler from freaking, uh... Guns N' Roses? No. No, I'm sorry. Um, Steven Aerosmith. Tyler, Steven Tyler's freaking, freaking Aerosmith. Sorry. <laughs> like a monkey, yeah! <laughs> okay, the song that was actually banned from the Rolling Stones. I can't get no satisfaction. The Rolling Stones have been around for a long time. So long, in fact, that they were censored all the way back in 1965 <laughs> when they were performing on a variety, call, variety show, Shindig. Never heard of it. The line trying to make some girl had faced criticism for, the, for its innuendo and critical statements about uh, commercialism. Weirdly enough... When the Rolling Stones performed at the Super Bowl in 2006, it was the only song that they they didn't have to censor. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. He's a rock band, right? Okay. Take the Power Back. Uh, 20 years after the song Take the Power Back was released, it, it was deemed to be against Arizona state law. Which says that schools cannot advocate ethnic solidarity instead of the treatment of pupils as individuals. Um, that hurts my head. What the fuck are they talking about? Oh, wait, I, I could come up with an answer for that one. Advoca advocate ethnic solidarity instead of the treatment of pupils as individuals. In other words, in Arizona... The schools were full of nothing but preppies and morons. And shitheads that think uh, they were uh, higher than now. Higher than thou. Yes, I just quoted a Metallica lyric, music song title. This came after some high school teachers used the song in a Mexican-American history class. It doesn't make sense. The superintendent of the school issued a notice of non-compliance to the school district in 2015. Very, very weird. Um, uh, okay. I may not be really into Rage Against the Machine as a rock band, but Take the Power Back is basically a way of saying, you know, you've been shit-kicked shit all over the place because uh, you uh, either your color, your skin, or the way you look. Uh, the fight back. But in a peaceful way fight back i mean kids i mean when i grew up when you're a kid and you're being fucked with at school picked on bullied whatever it is you learn um fight back if you fight back well back when me and uh paramike were growing up 
even my brothers. You fought back if someone was uh, freaking bullying you. You automatically fought back. Whereas now, uh, by some teaching of some parents, oh, we don't believe in fighting, so we're going to allow our kid to take a fucking Uzi and shoot up a fucking school class. If I'm being a little out of line, that's what it is. That's what it means now. Since fucking, since freaking Columbine. That's what, what freaking kids resort to. And usually that's because of some parents who do not discipline the right way. Some, I mean, if you look around and you see some parents just staring at their uh, acting out kid and do nothing, that means they should not have that kid. Or they need to go get help to figure out how to handle the kid. Eminem. Oh, that's surprising. A rap guy actually had a song that was banned. The Real Slim Shady. Um, I've heard that song on the fucking radio when MTV started doing fucking rap instead of rock music. I don't have... I've I've heard his music on the radio. I've seen his uh, music video. Yeah, they're censored a little bit, but they're not banned. If I remember correctly, every rap, rap artist, they do the real version... Then they go go and do a cleaner cleaner version, which, if you're someone who likes to do a uh, top forty in high school, you can't really do either or, or you can, but the clean version and the uh, unedited version is kind of hard to actually do. Prime example, I actually did uh, for uh, for doing like a concert uh, concert storyline thing in Florida. When I wrestled, or started wrestling, uh, I chose the song, um, It's Your Fucking Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold against someone else who was doing Eminem. <laughs> you guess to figure out who won, because I said fuck the edited one. <laughs> yeah, and with his music, he always has that sticker that's yeah. right there on if it was uh, LP. Yeah. You know, old-fashioned records, retro days. Yeah. And on his CDs, yeah, he no. has that sticker. Parental guidance. So if people miss that special sticker on either LPs yeah. back then and CDs now, you can't see that? You're fucking stupid and don't need be in that business. <laughs> Even I know that. I look. Yeah. I look at every CD of different artists. Yeah. And I always look for that sticker. If I don't see the sticker, I'll play it. Yeah. If I see that sticker, I'll still play it. Oh, yeah. But you know you know where... It, well, when you're DJing at a radio station, you know wh where to freaking hit the mute button. <laughs> exactly. Because being a DJ for whatever, yeah. radio station, um, having your own um, DJ business, you have to listen to every single song. That also includes this, if you're a sound, sound tech uh, DJ person in a, in a wrestling promotion. That too. So you have to like listen to every single music, and if you hear in whatever track number it could be yeah lp is a little hard to do yeah. I, I learned that the hard way yeah they are 
because in when you go through a training class, they don't teach DLPs. <laughs> well, no, they do, but they what they don't teach you is how to mute a certain section on an LP because an LP only has certain rings. Yeah. Which are tracks, but it's very, very hard to hit that mute button. Probably because on LP records, you can't. <laughs> well, no, you can. It's just, just, it's hard to really figure out where it's going to hit. Because LPs on record players yeah. are very hard to figure out to hit the mute button. Because you don't know if the L- if the record player is going to skip from... One ring yeah. to another ring, okay. and then go right back. Yeah. I've had that done 19 times in my life. Yeah, okay. And when the people that teach you classes for you to be on the radio, yeah, they don't understand that, and they've tried, and they figured out, oh, crap, you can't do that on an LP. No. We need to switch. We have CD players... But we didn't get the CD music of that artist from that record company. Yeah. So on CDs, it's easy to go and then reclick it. So now you can't do it with cassette tapes either. No, you can't. <laughs> well, not a whole lot of radio stations now have uh, tape decks or LPs anymore, except for maybe CDs, the old-fashioned stuff. CDs are. They kind of cheat by going online and yeah. finding them, the song. Yeah, that's the new technology now. Anyway, so, I the just FCC, throw that in there. the FCC, shocking, corrupted motherfuckers. Like George Carlin, the late George Carlin said, they're a they're an appointed body. They're not elected. <laughs> Find. A Colorado Springs radio station in 2001 for playing the clean version of the song. What? (laughs) Like I said, FCC are corrupt motherfuckers. Hold on. The clean version has no explicit language in the clean version. The FCC had a problem with the sexual references and themes. What the fuck you think rap is based on? <laughs> Stupid. The commission put guidelines in place earlier in 2001. Shocking. Stating that context and in the window along with a radio state with a station in trouble for violating its decency standards. Needless to say, that make that makes many Eminem's songs hard to play over the radio. Uh, I've I've seen the music video. That was never banned. Yeah, no shit. But yeah, radios will still play it. Huh? Radios play it. I'd like to know what radio station that was banned on. Since Some it doesn't say it in, in Colorado there. Colorado Springs. Yeah, I know. There's a bunch of them in Colorado. I know. But you probably won't find which one because there might be like four or five different ones in the Colorado Springs area. Probably. And I would love to know what radio station that was in Colorado Springs that got screwed in the ass. And I want to know if there was a lawsuit filed and if they won it against the FCC since they're corrupted motherfuckers anyways. 
I would laugh my ass off for it. And it looks like it's snowing. <laughs> See the little blurs of flurries flying around. <laughs> that crap. Anywho. All right. The doors. Light my fire. The doors were blacklisted from the Ed Sullivan show in 1967. After failing to change the lyrics, girl, we couldn't get much higher, which seemed to be referencing substance abuse. Well, shit, if you look, took a look at the fucking doors. Lead singer Jim Morrison was originally agreed, had, had originally agreed to self-censor on the show, but he could not resist presenting his work in its true form. The BBC banned the song 24 years later during the Persian War Gulf Persian Gore, bleh, take a drink and stumble. Persian Gulf War because of the word fire. Uh, how is fire the word fire banned out of fucking song? <laughs> Someone explain that to me. <laughs> like I said, it's stupid. Well, it is. It's even the late George Carlin said of one of his uh, later comedy specials, which were uh, usually on HBO, the FCC were ne- weren't really cu- clear on what he couldn't say. Because <laughs> he called them out on it. <laughs> yep. The, I believe it was the seven things you can't say on radio or TV. Yeah, then it turned into a fucking so-called plethora of it, which... He won. He won that lawsuit. I know he did. On top of that, a long fucking list you supposedly can't say on TV. <laughs> or on the radio. <laughs> exactly. And he actually said it on one of the radios. And I believe that was 1975. He was at a university. Yeah. I believe. What, would he wear the bell-bottom pants? Or... Yeah. Okay. Bell-bottom pants and a blue shirt. And... He was talking about it and everything. He said the seven things you can't say on radio or TV. He Shit, went down the whole list. Cunt. Fuck motherfucker tits. Yeah. Well, that's six. What's the seventh one? <laughs> oh wait, come. <laughs> no, I I can find that and throw it up here so okay. everybody can hear it. But there was he was working with somebody. I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah. And one of the students. In the university, it was there for his concert. Yeah. Comedian concert. Um, actually said the radio station. And it was it was hilarious at first. And then it was like, wow. The FCC is still trying to pull a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Since they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Nope. And he won that lawsuit as well. Yeah. So did the radio station. So it's like... And on, fa- on top of that, uh, the FCC took him to court afterwards when he did uh, George Carlin at Carnegie Hall, where he had a long fucking list of what you can't say on TV or the radio. <laughs> he won that one, too. <laughs> okay, next we go to is Notorious B.I.G. Juicy. I guess it's not all that surprising that Biggie had some songs that were banned. His smash hit, Juicy, is another example on how tragic events can provoke censorship. The line, time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Oh god. Okay, yeah, I can understand 
was removed from the song following the 2001 9-11 attacks. The song was originally referencing the 1993 attack on the World Trade Center bombing. And the phrase, blow up, was used as slang for getting fame quick. Okay, that I can understand. <laughs> the Kinks. Okay, anybody know who the fucking Kinks are? You got Lola. me on that one. Huh? You got me on that one. Lola. The upbeat track about a young man who has an, a romantic encounter. <coughs> oh my god, really? With a transvestite? In Soho, London. Didn't even attract controversy in the way you think. While there were radio stations who did ban it for that reason alone. Shocking! BBC Radio found a different problem with the song. What's the difference? What's the different one? There's a line that says, Where they drink champagne and, and it tastes like Coca-Cola. Which was free advertising for a strictly non-commercial station. They had to re-record it and change the word to Cherry Cola. <laughs> Weird. Weird. <laughs> but I found this uh, the seven word list you could not say it on radio or TV. Okay. And this is it: shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Yeah. Now they also reference for tits as yeah. you know it could be a person's name as well, like a little nickname. Yeah. And then somebody else named Toots, so it's like. Hey, tits meets toots. Toots meets tits. It's <laughs> yeah. something you can't say on radio or TV. No. But he won that whole thing. And then it was um, with cocksucker and motherfucker, it was a derivative of one word. Yeah. Cocksucker, you know, it's referencing an animal, part one, cock. Yeah. And then sucker is referencing a lollipop. Yeah. Now, motherfucker being a derivative is, you know, you have children and yeah. you have a wife, which is a mother of the children, and then fucker yeah. is when you get intimate and you want to fuck the mother. Yeah, or fuck somebody. <laughs> exactly. So that's what... Uh, that all happened, and he Not won. only that, it's like uh, with Looney Tune cartoons. Yeah. Where uh, there's like almost like an eight-second delay with whatever the cartoon was, and the character turns into a lollipop that says sucker. Yeah, literally. And another one that's it um, turns into a donkey, and it says jackass. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because according to FCC for regulations... It was against all their standards. But here's the kick in the nuts. We're not fucking censored. They kiss my ass. That's one, but <laughs> not that. Here's the kick in the nuts against the FCC, <coughs> which is the Federal Communications Commission. Yeah. An appointed body, not elected. Two courts. Two very well-known judges that understands. Yep. The amendment list of the Constitution, yeah, which Free we speech. have all those articles, everything that George Carlin says, even other comedians today could say shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, whatever, yeah. in the book, yeah, 
the FCC got kicked in their nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they were trying to violate the First Amendment of yeah. free speech. Which they have no control <laughs> no, over that shit. <laughs> whether you're a radio station, whether you're on TV, on TV, or if you're now in these days doing your own podcast show, yeah, every podcaster is under free speech. Yep, and they can say whatever the fuck they want to say, and the FCC can't do shit. Yeah. Not only that, it's like, um, I'm trying to think. I've actually, um, when I wrestled in Florida, I asked Smokey Jam, hey, is, since you want to turn this into a TV show, that means you're going to have to fucking censor me. Yeah. And the fact that I started wearing I'm a t-shirt that said I'm surrounded by fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Me, mainly basically because I was, I was, uh, basically talking about the security guards. Right. Who just stood around and ate. Right. Um, it goes on here. Uh, the FCC has never maintained a specific list of words yep. prohibited from the airwaves, which is TV and radio, during during the pe- time period from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yep. From 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., uh broadcasters the right to broadcast indecent but not obscene material between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Yeah. So from 6 p.m. or I'm sorry, from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. Everything could fly. Yeah. From 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. You have to be normal. Yeah. Bullshit. What's fucking normal? <laughs> I've seen I've seen movies and everything after six AM. Yeah. With swears, sexual contents, titties. Fucking anime. Ugh. Big ass kitties. Yeah. On a woman's body and they haven't done shit. No. Because it's freedom. Yep. So, haha, shit, if you look at anime, half their shit's falling off anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's why I, I love doing what I'm doing now. Uh, well, and how George Collins said it, um, he was making fun of a, a minister, shocking, who didn't <laughs> like something he heard on the radio. Yeah. He doesn't like touching knobs. He, uh, well... How George Carlin said it. Um, hey, Reverend, anybody uh, tell you there's two knobs on the radio? You turn one on and you turn it off. Well, or no, you it, change the station. Yeah. Same two thing with the knobs. TV. Same thing with the TV. You don't like what you're seeing, uh, you turn it off. You, uh, you hit the off button. Or you change the fucking t- TV station. And, well, back to my uh, thing here with the Kinks, Lola. I would like to know who the fuck drinks champagne and it tastes like Coca-Cola. <laughs> Did a fact Coca-Cola is nothing but shitty soda anyway. 
But you drink it. Not, if I have to, and there's no Pepsi near me, Pepsi's better. Oh, God. Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, that that uh, Disney blonde from the freaking um, Greece. With John Travolta. The first one, not the second one. She had that single called Physical. The song Physical became incredibly popular in the U.S. and in the U.K., but that didn't mean that some radio stations didn't see a problem with the lyrics. The line, there's nothing left to talk about unless it's horizontally. <laughs> Which was on the censored phrases. One of the censored phrases. <laughs> you gotta, if you got a mind that goes right in the, right in the gutter like me and Paramike do, horizontal means you're getting fucked in one direction. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Or horizontal could be, okay, let's get off of this subject and talk something normal. Yeah. Horizontal, because it was vertical. Uh, okay. The music video also added some controversy as it showed a gay couple holding hands while co uh, uh, comedically ignoring Olivia's uh, advances throughout the video. That was even... It, was censored, even censored by MTV. No, it wasn't. Because I saw the whole damn video. So did I. And they didn't censor that on MTV. Yeah, but until they heard like a bunch of people fucking complaining, oh, it's giving gay rights. Then they fucking censor it. Or ban it. Fucking they stupid kiss people. my fucking ass. Hell, I prefer to be hanging around gay gay people. Period. Nothing, no, nothing good to be hanging around with straights anymore. Even that—that's coming from someone who is straight, who has two gay brothers. One of them who doesn't know how to freaking say hi. Sorry, bro, I had to go there. Phil Collins in the air tonight was banned. <laughs> Hold on, let me say it first. I know what you're thinking. How? Can anyone ban the song in the air tonight when it has such an iconic drum solo? But the otherwise harmless song was banned on two separate occasions. The first time was in 1991 because of, the, of a perceived connection to the Gulf War. The second time was in 2001 when Clear Channel Communications, whatever the hell that is, Prohibited 162 songs from the airways after 9-11 attacks happened. Now nah, you could go ahead, dear. I honestly think these people take the way songs are, are created way out of fucking contents, or they just got a big stick up their ass. Yep. In the Air Tonight is a love song for two people. It has nothing to do with fucking war, you assholes. Well, not only that, we did uh, an episode where... It explains what, uh, why it was misperturbed. Yeah. And in the air tonight, being misinterpreted, uh, however the fuck I said it. Misperceived? It's perceived, thank you. Has nothing to do with the Gulf War or 
No, it doesn't. That song was out way before 9-11 happened. And Gulf War. Yeah. People are fucking stupid. I mean, stupid. he's even... I mean, it's about... I mean, if you paid attention, anybody out there listening who paid attention, In the Air at Night is about lucid dreaming. Exactly. Lucid dreaming being a part of the pair of fucking normal fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. Y'all Frank, need to be wiped out the face of the earth because you're wasted sperm! Wasted space, more like. That too. Frank Loeser. Don't know who the hell that is. Baby, it's cold outside. Um, do you even know who that is? Oh, no wonder. It's a holiday, holiday classic that ended up winning the 1949 Academy Award for Best Original Song. But it's garnered a lot of controversy since that time. There is talk about that the lyrics condone assault and lack of consent. A Cleveland radio, a Cleveland, huh, our neighbor, or one of the neighbors in Ohio, radio station in 2018 announced that it had removed the song because it wasn't appropriate. All the big Canadian radio stations also removed the song from their playlists, saying that it didn't align with their societal standards. With Canada, I don't blame them for that. Oh, Lady Gaga has a song that was banned. Love Game. Lady Gaga has become a cultural and musical icon, but that doesn't mean that some of her songs don't get banned from radio play. The song Love Game was censored because of its heavily suggestive themes. Specifically, the band targeted some context regarding a disco stick, which uh put, which uh can put, which can be put together. She has also been banned in the country of Lebanon for her song Judas, which was which was offensive to Christianity. Um, wait a minute. Jericho has a song named Judas. Lady Gaga has I guess a song named Judas. How to? Okay, that's copyright infringement. Mm. Unless he can't, he got away with it because it's a different word, different wording. Maybe. You were about to say something. It's just funny that you know, with that is, they take it so like I said before, take it so far out of contents is just fucking stupid. Yeah, I know. It's love game. It's talking about love, yeah, which is a game between male and male. Female and female, male and female. Yeah. And disco stick could be, you know, dancing. Yeah. And everything, but I, I'm just getting tired of these idiots doing this. <laughs> but I do know that in um, Lebanon, which she was yeah. canceled for. Yeah. Well, banned, actually. Well, yeah. Banned, canceled, anything. She heard about it, filed a, her own team, filed a lawsuit against yeah. it. And they won that. Mm-hmm. But Lebanon's not budging because they're a bunch of fucking morons. Well, of course. They're a different fucking country. D- different countries have their own morals, I guess. But anyways. Um, actually, I want to point something out. The song uh, Bad Romance. There's a line in the verse that says, I want your vertical shtick. That means fuck me sideways. And yes, it does. Next, we go on to... Wow! The Wizard of Oz! You fucking kidding me? (laughs) The Wizard of fucking Oz, with the song Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, 
was banned. Following the death of ex-UK Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, the seemingly innocent song Ding Dong, which is dead, was banned by the BBC in 2013. Thatcher was more than a polarizing figure in UK politics, and the song ended up reaching number two on the charts after her death. The BBC refused to play the full song after it peaked on the charts, stating that it was clearly a celebration of death. Really? The BBC is going to have that for an explanation? You gotta be fucking stupid! Shit, everything in the UK is built on freaking centuries of death, but they, they do celebrate it regardless of how they want to fucking pronounce, uh, call it or not. Van Morrison, brown-eyed girl, Huh. This classic by Van Morrison was made in 1967 for its suggestive lyrics. Actually, it came down to one lyric in particular. Making love in the green grass. That was where the radio stations were going to draw the line. Despite the pushback, the song was a, hit, a, hit, was hu was a huge hit. Many radio stations compromised and released a radio-friendly version of the song that replaced the suggestive lyric with a phrase said earlier in the song which was laughing and running hey hey. I prefer making love in the green grass better than that bullshit. Jimmy Boyd had a song that was banned. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. From, let's see, Jimmy Boyd was just 13 when he recorded this holiday hit. Okay, when he was 13. But that didn't stop his song from being temporarily banned from the radio. The song is, ab is about a boy who wakes up to see mom and dad in a Santa, Santa costume kissing under the mistletoe. The Catholic- oh, oh god. Here's another reason why I say Catholics are douches. Not all, but most. The Catholic Archdiocese of Boston figures Boston blasted the song for suggestive language they said it linked Christmas to sex Boyd m went to meet the church leaders to explain his thinking behind the song and it was pulled from the band okay I don't listen to uh, Christmas songs I do not I hear a Christmas song unless it's like uh, legitimate freaking co uh, comedic versions. Plain holiday mu music, I fucking qu quickly turn off the fucking ri fucking music. Because I don't want to hear it. But, but, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus by Jimmy Boyd when he was 13. Song about a boy waking up to see Mom and Dad in a Santa costume kissing under the mistletoe. It's not like mom is fucking Santa Claus under the mistletoe. There's no such thing as fucking Santa Claus. Just like the fucking Easter Bunny. Hey, real. And again, this is uncensored, so if you let your kids listen to it, that's not our problem. Nobody under 18 is recommended to hear what comes out of our mouths. Bobby Darren, or Darren, however you want to pronounce it. Splish Splash. <laughs> this little ditty... Oh, I like how that ex that's being, being explained. This little ditty was about a guy 
who walks out of a bathroom and into a party in the uh, adjoining room. I know what you're thinking. What a powerful song. It was banned for an excellent reason. There was no mention of him putting his clothes back on. <laughs> splish splash, I was taking a bath. All on a Saturday night. So yes, they decided in 1958 that the song was about a man walking into a party naked. And therefore, it needed to be censored. <laughs> well, actually, if they want to go that route, there is something called uh, sunbathing. Where you're on a beach and you have no clothes on. There's skinny dipping. You go swimming and there's no, you have no clothes on. That song's still being played. No shit. Just not being shown on TV or whatever. The Everly Brothers? Unless it's an elephant. That too. Because that song still uh, still goes on TV. Not only that, Splish Blast was also one of the songs from uh, the movie with Tom Hanks where he actually see- meets a mermaid. Splash? Yeah. Okay. The Everly Brothers wake up little Susie. Oh my god. That, that song was before our time. I know. 1957 hit showed how easy it was in the 1950s to have a song banned. It was number one on the charts, yet some radio stations still didn't play it because the lyrics raised a serious question. Leaving us to wonder about were those kids up before they fell asleep. (laughs) What?! I'm going to say it again. Some radio stations still didn't play it because the the lyrics raised the serious question, leaving us to wonder what were those kids up to before they fell asleep. Think. It could be trillions, quadrillion ways of thinking about that lyric or song title. Of course, times have changed. Not really. And four decades later, or more than four decades later now, former President George W. Bush, with the name Bush, is referring to the genitals, but not being referred to as the genitals, said that Wake Up Little Susie was his favorite song. Doesn't surprise me. (laughs) <laughs> we talked about this song in one. <laughs> Hold on. What? The song title's named Wake Up Little Susie. Yeah, Wake Up Little Susie. How is that deferred from two boys Yeah. for the song to a girl's name? Well, I think... That it- the song is referencing to for the title. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, I think Little Susie would be a girl. Exactly. In ref- being referenced in the song. And Little Susie would have had uh, other kids around her. Yeah, probably in a dream. If it has the word wake up. I don't know. Some people, their minds go in really weird places. Waste. Now- 
of space, time, and sperm. We had talked about this song in one part, in one episode. Peter, Paul, and Mary popped the magic dragon was banned at one point. <laughs> I believe that was the drinks version from the old podcast show. Drinks version? Yeah. No. I don't think there's a drink called Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, it was. Then I, if that's the case, then it would have been a, t- a tough drink for me to serve yeah. in a in a gay bar. Yeah. <coughs> Hold on. Because you did mention Peter Paul and Mary in that thing, and well, there. That was one of the uh, song lists that I did a few a few mu- a few episodes back, and it had Peter Paul and Mary being. Uh, misunderstood for the song Puff the Magic Dragon. Right. Which, if you're a fucking kid growing up in the goddamn 80s, that's all you fucking heard. Yeah. And I wanted to actually pick up a gun and shoot the fucking state radio. Or, in my case, take a gun and shoot the fucking TV. Right. That was back in our old podcast show name, which is in our archives, which you could find on everything paranormal.gear.host backslash episodes.html look to the left hand side and you'll see a list that says archives and just open it up and scroll down from the uh, name DCPCREP and whatever year it is actually uh, no it was uh, it was uh, I believe like four episodes back on this show no Yes, it was. No. If you go back, yeah, it is. No, because you referenced a drink to Peter, Paul, and Mary. That's a drink. That I'm was talking about that the was song. The, yeah, that was the old show. It's in the drinks you section. You mentioned the drink. I'm talking about the song itself. Yeah, I know. But that story right there goes with our old podcast show in the drinks for reference because you mentioned Peter, Paul, and Mary in the damn thing, and I made fun of it. I'm going to read what it's saying, and then I'm going to prove you wrong. Even though the composer of the song, Puff the Magic Dragon, insists that it isn't talking about smoking something. Yeah, it is. That wasn't good good enough for then Vice President of the United States, Spiral Agnew, from Demon It Pro Narcotic. He He called for a ban of the tune, which was granted to him. Despite powerful voices coming up against the song, it ended up being a smash hit for singer Peter, Paul, and Mary. Again, Puff the Magic Dragon, if you're growing up as a kid, you're seeing the cartoon. Of a fucking boy imagining a fucking, uh, having an imaginary dragon before he grows up and forgets his childhood. And to be honest, in the cartoon, the boy is actually almost preteen. What do preteens do first? They start smoking weed. And then they start seeing, and they're showing that I want to say comparison. When you start smoking weed or doing some type of drug, you're going to start seeing shit. <laughs> so Puff the Magic Dragon and a couple episodes back where I did uh, misinterpret songs. A list of misinterpreted songs. Puff the Magic Dragon, Peter, Paul, and Mary was on that list too. The Who. Not... Uh, guess who, the Canadian man, but the who. My generation. This is the who's baby boomer anthem. In fact, it's number 11 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time list. 
Uh, beg to differ. It wasn't the sly suggestion of swear words in the music or the de depressing line, I hope I die before I get old, that ended up getting the song banned. It was the, const uh, the constant stuttering that many people saw as making fun of people who couldn't speak without one. Okay, um, I actually am not a hypocrite, but I was a little pissed off hearing that myself. Because I had a friend that did that. Blondie! Also a misinterpreted list of music. Atomic. New wave rockers Blondie. She's not rock. I don't give a fuck. Found themselves on the BBC's list of banned songs during the first Gulf War. The conflict, which started in 1990, saw the BBC basically weeded out any song that deemed inappropriate. The song Atomic was released 11 years before the war, but was caught in the band net. The BBC claimed that the song defies logic. Uh, if you hear any of, the, any of Blondie's songs, it just defies logic. Because the singer's fucking blonde. And the title was deemed too inflammatory for airplay while the conflict was ongoing. It's actually about census, uh, sensual explosiveness, but okay. <laughs> okay, I'm familiar with Blondie. I mean, if you've heard the fucking, the freaking song, freaking Call Me, which is actually in Bride of Chucky, but not on the soundtrack, there's something there. Probably because it was of the times. And Blondie also did a version of... Uh... Hit the Road Jack, I think. No. These boots gonna come walking or something. Oh, crazy. For trying. She did that song too, and that was done by somebody else prior. The Beach Boys! No! God only knows. <laughs> I don't remember that song from them. And I was a big uh, Beach Boy friend growing up as a kid. Prior to the track's release in 1966, the word God was rarely ever in the, in the title of a song. Although the song never refers to a specific religious figure. Shocking. Leave it to the religious faction to fucking have, it, have a titty twister about it. <clears throat> Brian Wilson said it could refer to any higher force. It was about moving t forward after loss. Look at my fucking life and see if you can get over that. <laughs> Including losing one of my brothers. It was banned by some radio stations across the US. It was accused of being blasphemous. Shocking. Like I said, religious figures thinking it's blasphemous. Oh boy, if only they heard the song 60 years later. <laughs> Lord, or Lord A, if you want to fucking pronounce it. Royals. The listeners, the listeners of two San Francisco radio stations made sure that they weren't going to be hearing Royals anytime soon. The song was banned in the area in 2014 due to an up coming baseball game between the San Francisco Giants and the Kansas City Royals. If that isn't a dumb fucking reason to ban a song, it's not fuck. That's sad. 
The song was the unofficial anthem for Kansas City. So the song antagonized Giants fans so much that they wanted it banned. The band was lifted after the World Series that year. If that ain't cause for a fucking uh, lawsuit, I don't know what is. Well, the band won that lawsuit anyways. I know. And so did uh, the state of Kansas. I wonder if any of the fans who did get that band got found out and was sued on top of it. Oh, yeah, it was. All the Giants players were pissed. Now they have to suffer with it. John Layton. Johnny, remember me. John Layton, star of the television series Harper's West One, scored his one and only number one hit of his track, Johnny, Remember Me. Um, If he has only one and only number one hit song, that means he was a one-hit wonder. Released in 1961, Johnny, Remember Me, the song is regarded as a death disc, which were popular at the time. It tells the story of a young man haunted by his dead lover. Yet, it was banned by the BBC, although it wasn't the only death disc banned from the same t- around the same time. BBC, which is basically like UK st- stations and stuff like that, the whole UK countries are basically not, uh, upgraded buildings on top of haunted ones. Or are haunted. Which is surprising that BBC would think a song is considered a death disc. George Michael, I want your sex. I beg your pardon? I don't remember that fucking song. I remember ca- hearing Careless Whisper. I remember I want to talk about sex. I do remember that song. Huh? I do remember that song. The track was George Michael's first solo single after splitting up with Andrew uh, Ridgely. Wham! Figures. The other half of the pop duo Wham! Which Paramike just shouted in my ear. At the time, it was one of the few words that involved fornication in the title and was quickly banned by the BBC. However... It wasn't just the title, but people, though, the song was provocative and was encouraging people to participate in mindless physical relations during a time when AIDS was a major concern. Okay, there's a double-edged sword. Yeah, because MTV played it more than once. Yeah. Radio stations have played it more than once. Yeah, in U.S., UK wasn't allowed. Ugh. Tom Robinson. Glad to be gay. Yes, that was a song title, people. Night By 1976, there was no secret surrounding Tom Robinson's sexual orientation. He originally wrote the song for a gay march parade, leading it to become an official gay anthem in the UK. After releasing the track on an EP... Whatever that means. It was banned by BBC and they refused to play it on the Radio 1 charts show. This is mostly for the song criticizing British police and as well as the decriminalization of homosexuality by the 1967 Sexual Offenses Act. 
Yeah. Which means you... The UK is only good to visit. F Gang of four. I love a man in uniform. The British post-punk band group of four had originally been censored once from the air in 1977, Para Mike's birth year, for their tracks, He's a Tourist. But that's, that didn't stop them. In 1982, a year before I was, a year before, a year after I was born, the band released their song, their album Songs of the Free, which featured the song I Love a Man in Uniform. Yet, even though the song was making its way up the charts, it was soon deemed as inappropriate British troops were entering the Falklands War. Shirley Bessie, Burn My Candle. Burn My Candle was Shirley Bessie's first, sing first single, released in 1956. When the young singer was just 19 years old. The song was written by Bessie, Bassie or Bessie, in hopes to make her stand out, which it did. Just maybe not in the way they imagined it. Instead, it was banned for its supposed suggestive lyrics. At the time, a young Bassie, or Bessie, didn't even know what the song was what the song was about so it was so when it was banned it became a bit of a shock scott walker jackie jackie was a song that was re-recorded and re-released by scott walker in 1967 his first solo single however the uk didn't appreciate certain lyrics that dealt with issues of drug use or other scandalous acts Yet you got fucking TV shows that have, like, UK-based orientation, and they don't say anything on that. The song was then banned by BBC from playing on the, on the television or other mainstream stations. It was also the first song to be banned by the, by the new Radio 1, which could be viewed as an accomplishment by some. Yeah, if you if you uh, contact Guinness, the World Guinness Record books, Tom Petty, yes, the late John, the late Tom Petty. You don't know how it feels. Let's see. You don't know how it feels was released on on Tom Petty's 1994 album Wildflowers. It even reached number one on the Billboard mainstream rock tracks, and it. And made it onto the the hit 100 chart as well. However, the song was censored by MTV and VH1 for its drug-related lyrics. They accomplished this by playing some of the words backwards. So okay, so basically, they took a tactic of the fucking Beatles for when you play their records backwards, they say something different. So they couldn't be identified by listeners. Looks like it didn't matter since the song was so successful. The Game. Never heard of that group. Red Nation. Released to the public on April 12th, 2012. The Game's Red Nation was banned by MTV, EBT, and several other radio stations for its numerous references to gang, to gang, gang, <coughs> lifestyle, and violence. Um... That's basically what 
mostly rap is. Yet, this did not have much effect on the popularity of the song, as it still received over a hundred million plays on YouTube. Interestingly enough, the game, not the fucking wrestler, the freaking, uh, artist, even admitted that he wished, wished more of his songs were banned so people would be more intrigued to listen to them. If you wished that, you would have been a one broke motherfucker. Not the best solution to that. No. But I commend for the uh, double-edged sword's thinking. That I do have to agree with. The Shirelles. Will you still love me tomorrow? Will you still love me tomorrow made history by becoming the first number one track on the Billboard Hot 100 list by a black female musical group. Oh, so it wasn't uh, the Supremes? Released in 1960, the song was about the day after a woman had an intimate night prior with a man. Considering the times, the lyrics were seen as salacious and was banned by radio stations, yet still managing to sell over one million copies. Link Ray and his Raymond. Never heard of them. Rumble. Believe it or not, this song was banned because of its title alone. That's right. That was an instrumental version that didn't even have lyrics. After its release in 1958, several radio markets in the U.S. banned the song from airwaves because of the word rumble was a popular slang term for a gang fight. Oh, give me a fucking break. Worried that the song glorified gangs and juvenile delinquency, the stations opt not to air it. The song's proved itself a classic, though, and has been featured in modern films from Pulp Fiction. Oh my god. To SpongeBob SquarePants versus the big one. <laughs> okay, that right there, I can understand it being banned. <laughs> Anything that has Spongebob in it should be banned. <laughs> but if it's an instrumental song yeah. named Rumble, it could almost be anything. Yeah, I know. Rumble, and like you said, it could be a gang fight. Really, uh, considering. Rumble could be, you know, Thunderstorm. Yeah. Because everybody calls it, oh shit, there's a rumble. That or Tornado. Yeah. Or it could be referred to something different, like maybe a tremor of an earthquake. That's Oh, did you feel that rumble? <laughs> it's an earthquake! Run! You, you people are fucking idiots. I swear to God. If the word rumble was considered that, then the movie Ready to Rumble would have been banned, period. That movie would never have been created. That there is also a song that says... Uh, get ready to rumble. Which you hear on every fucking thing Mortal Kombat. And Alcatraz. That too. Let's get ready to rumble! That's been going on for centuries. No shit. The Drifters. Honey Love. The Cliopso influenced song Honey Love was released by The Drifters featuring Clyde Patter, McFatter, that's P-H-A-T-T-E-R, in 1954, 
Memphis police were not fans of the song because they thought it had overly suggestive lyrics. More specifically, they weren't sure what the word it referred to in the song. I need it. I need it when the moon when the moon is bright. I need it. I need it when you hold me tight. Okay, that means sex. As a result, the tune was banned from jukeboxes throughout the city and cops actually confiscated copies of the record. So you mean to tell me cops uh in Memphis didn't know what the freaking song lyrics meant? It meant sex or you're hugging somebody. Cuddling up. Cops are fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Dean Martin. Figure what, which is shocking. One of the Rat Pack members actually had a song that was banned. Oh my god. This is a song title, but it's also a fucking phrase. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's not typically difficult, terribly difficult, to guess why Dean Martin's song, Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, was banned in 1951. Some people found the lyrics too suggestive. Decide for yourself what Mr. Martin was hinting at with the words. I looked at you and I thought I knew just how the game was played. My shirt tail ran right up my back, just like a window shade. Yes, I'm reading the lyrics. Cause wham bam, you broke my heart and hope that you had fun. Wham bam, thank you ma'am, hope you're satisfied. Okay. That means, in reality, and you got a brain that thinks, you know that's a sex reference. A one night stand. And that's even, uh, that, that phrase is even in some movies. Like Martin Lawrence said with, uh, that movie where he's a thief but he's playing a cop, portraying a cop. Oh shit. I forget what, oh, Blue Streak. He's, he says something similar but it's wham bam, thank you officer. Dottie O'Brien. Four or five times. Four or five times was originally recorded in 1927. It was covered several times after that without controversy. But when Dottie O'Brien, a woman, oh shit, it was a woman, released a version of it in January of 1951, and it was suddenly deemed too suggestive by radio stations and the FCC. In Taboo Tunes, Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. In Taboo Tunes, a history of, ban of banned bands and censored songs, author Peter Bleeka, or Bleacha wrote that the banning of the disc, disregarding whether or not the song was actually about surreal sexual encounters, revealed a gender-based double standard at play. Do they even know what a gender-based double standard means? I didn't think so. And that's it for that one. You can take over for a bit, dear. I need a breather. You're gonna love the next one I got for uh, emails. If you see this giant lizard in your town, call the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Go ahead, dear. You. That should be a good one. Take a, I'm taking a breather. Go ahead. That should be a good one. Hang on. I gotta switch monitors here. Huh? I have to switch monitors here. Sorry. Because I had to move the recorder over to the, my second monitor, and I was trying to create a uh, episode 19 video on my other thing. But uh, I, when I was going through the internet looking yeah. for a little bit more stories, I actually found one that 
I did not know happened. What? Today. Radio host Larry King. Yeah, what about him? Died this morning at the age of 87. <laughs> There's a kick in the nuts. Hmm. Reaction to the death of Larry King, whose broadcast interviews with world leaders, movie stars, and ordinary Joes uh-huh. helped define American conversations for a half century. King died Saturday, which is today, at Cedars Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles at the age of 87. Maybe that's that, tobacco in the tubes. I'm going to make one after I have mine. That kind of sucks that he just died today. Well, shit, he's been around for like, what, eons? About that, which is kind of shocking. goes on here, Larry King was a Brooklyn boy. Larry King was also uh, a believer in the paranormal, too. I'm not sure about that. No, he was. I would have to do more research on that. No, he was. He was on... Uh, on uh, the Travel Channel's uh, special, like, celebrity uh, ghost encounters. Ooh, he look. was actually on one of the seasons. Oh, then I'm going to have to look Where he up. actually mentioned that um, he thought that his uh, first wife uh, came to him after he, she died or something like that. Oh, i got to look that up then. I don't remember the season. I just remember he was on that. Yeah, then I'm going to have to look that up. Uh, let's see. Larry King was a oh, Brooklyn boy. Now I remember. It, uh, it was the season that Roddy was on it. Oh, Roddy Piper okay, yeah, yeah. talking about uh, his ghost encounter with uh, what shit, Adonis. Adrian Adonis, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where Adonis popped up in his home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. Um, uh, Larry King was on that season. Oh, okay. Uh, see, Larry King was a Brooklyn boy who became a newsman before broadcasting on radio. And TV. Uh, newsman who interviewed the newsmakers. He conducted over 50,000 interviews that informed Americans in a clear and plain way. Basically, real fucking English. Yeah. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo tweeted, New York sends condolences to his family and many friends. Uh, and then goes here in another quote. Oh no, R.I.P. Larry King was a titan you were. That doesn't really make sense, but okay. Uh, a little bit of history thing. People, a lot of people thought when uh, Larry King had Jericho, Cena, and another wrestler on his show because of Benoit. Yeah. That's why they started calling him a titan. Yeah. Goes on here, one of our true icons. I would agree with that. You are no longer in pain. Rest well, actor Vola Davis wrote on Twitter. I don't know who Vola Davis is for an actor, but... Uh, see, R.I.P. Larry King. I loved his all-night radio show in the 80s. You could call it... You can call in a at number one in the in the morning and just riff for hours. In other words, blab. 
His radio show made a great opening for Loss in America. Rest easy, Larry. Actor Albert Brooks tweeted. Uh, let see, more quotes. My friend Larry King has died. News commentator Keith Oberman wrote on Twitter, It is literally true that thousands of us can make that sad statement this morning. Sounds like he was really hesitant to come out and say something like yeah, that. Yeah, probably because he didn't want to believe it. Yeah. While he was easily carted character i don't even know this word words are hard for me i'm gonna spell it c-a-r-i-c-a-t-u-r-e-d i'd never known anybody who made a bigger deal out of the slightest kindness afforded him another one i lost a dear friend and mentor truly an american treasure rest in peace larry king ryan seacrest (laughs) tweeted uh, goes on here, more RIPs. To the legend Larry King, God bless him, entertainer 50 Cent wrote on Twitter. Yeah. That's all he has in his bank account is 50 cents. Um, thanks for the countless interviews and insights, Larry King. You understood human triumph and frequently equality well. And that is no easy Feet. Yeah. Which is shortened for feature. There was no one else like you, and you shall be missed. Rest with the heavens now. Actor George Trekkie tweeted. George Trekkie is one of the characters named Sulu on the old version of Star Trek. He was the helmsman. Goes on... This one's from CNN. It is with emotion and affection that I remember hashtag Larry King, king of the talk show and legendary face of CNN, remarkable individual, a great journalist and a good man who loved life deeply. Singer Andrea Bocelli wrote on Twitter, and it just keeps going. Andy Cohen, executive of CNN. Yeah. Wrote on Twitter. Another one was tweeted. The Los Angeles Dodgers oh. are saddened by the passing of Larry King and offer their deepest condolences to his family and friends, the baseball team. Well, he was a fan. He was a fan of the Dodgers. Yeah. And the entire team, all the way up to the owner of the team, uh, tweeted that. Uh, let see. I've had the honor of being interviewed by Larry King multiple times in my life. It was always a joy and a pleasure. He truly was the king of talk. On a personal level, I'll miss him. Professionally... We'll all miss him. Rest in peace, my friend. Jesse Ventura, former governor of Minnesota, wrote on Twitter. Former wrestler, too, from the old era. That's it for that one. Which he doesn't even pay attention to wrestling anymore. No, he doesn't. 
Yeah, I think he finally realized the concept of how it's been running now. Oh, he knew. He always knew. He just couldn't stand Vince. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he loved his father. I know that. Oh, yeah. His father A had a, had the loved, hugest uh, dream of continuing the wrestling industries. I know, a lot everything. of people loved uh, Vince's dad. Oh, yeah. Vince takes over and... All hell goes goes nuts. Uh, it went nuts after... Uh, actually, it typically, typically, it didn't go nuts until Owen died. Then it got really nuts. And yeah. people started dissing him for it. Yeah. Um... Oh, wait, that's because it wasn't Vince who came up with that fucking storyline idea. Exactly. It was fucking Russo. Yeah. Um, Vince Russo, who doesn't know shit! <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, that's right. Roddy even called him out on it. Yeah. Um, I know you probably won't know this TV show, but what? I do. Because I used to watch it, and I loved it. That's what got me into other things on TV at the time. What? Uh, Barney Miller. You're right, I don't. Um, one of the actors from Barney Miller has passed away. Okay. Um, his name is Gregory Sierra. And nope. Sierra spelled S-I-E-R-R-A. The actor known for his roles on Barney Miller and Sanford and Sons. I did not know that one. Because I... Used to watch Sanford and Sons as a kid, but I don't remember him being in that one, so I might have to look back in that archives. Has died died at the age of 83, according to the Hollywood Reporter. A family spokesperson told THR that Sierra died earlier this month after a long battle with cancer. Sierra was best known for co-starring. On the first two seasons of Barney Miller, uh-huh. as the emotionally vigilant Sergeant Miguel Ch- Chano, I can't pronounce his last name, but it's A M A N G U A L E. Okay. He also appeared on three seasons of Sanford and Sons as the Sanford's Puerto Rican neighbor. Julo Fortinez. Um, let's see. Goes on more. His other TV credits include Hill Street Blues, Soap, Miami Vice, Murder She Wrote. Okay. And the Short Lives AES Hudson Street. Okay, those I don't remember. I remember Miami Vice, Hill Street Blues, Murder, She Wrote. But Soap, I don't remember. I don't think I ever saw that one. Nor the AES Hudson Street. I don't know that one. But here's the trivia fact, trivia thing. Brad Dourif was also on Murder, She Wrote. I, I don't know the season or the either. episode, but I know he played like a traveling preacher. I don't remember that one either, but okay. Um... His film credits include The Flying Nun, The Towering Inferno, The Trouble with Spies, and Mafia. Okay. George Sierra's final acting credit was the long-delayed 
Orson Welles' film, The Other Side of the Wind, which was released on Netflix in 2018 with footage shot by the late director in the 1970s. Wouldn't know. I didn't see anything like that on Netflix when we had it. Mm. Or when I had it. Yeah. So that really sucked. So that's what we have so far. And the thing is, I remember both of them. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Here's your cigarette. But in a lot of ways, on Barney Miller being the emotional vigilant uh, sergeant, he was actually funny. Which was kind of shocking. Although they did, although they do try to make you know like a emotional vigilant sergeants on TV shows trying to be like the big ball buster. Yeah. The badass that nobody wants to be around with, but he was actually funny. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing him do a comedy show. Literally. All right, now we're heading over to urban legends, and this one is titled. The Demon in Ashland Lay. If I said that right. L-E-I-G-H. Yeah. This was back in November 29th of 2012. Ashland, time to go, cried Ashland's mother. Oh, so this is a little girl. Ashland sighed and trugged out of her bedroom. That's a weird way of saying, get the fuck up and come out of your bedroom, bitch. (laughs) Trugged. Unwilling to go to this sleepover birthday party. Okay, I want to blame her on that one. Hang on. I'm hanging, but I don't know oh, how long. Oh, you're in uh, Urban Legends? Yes. Oh, the Demon of a- Ashley Lee? That's how you say it? Lee? Yeah. Okay. I thought it was Lay. <laughs> um, she climbed into the 1967 Ford Mustang her father owned and watched... Her mother walked out the door to the car. She climbed into the front seat and sat, waiting for her father. After ten minutes, her father came out and they took off. (laughs) Ashlyn arrived at Lucy's house at 5.37 p.m. Pretty of a late start there, ain't it? Huh? Kind of a late start there, ain't it? What? Sleepover? Leave, uh, arriving there at 5.37 p.m. At Lucy's nah, house. It's not that. it's not that late. Lucy opened the door with a smile on her face, embracing Ashlyn warmly. <laughs> she ushered her inside to where the other girls were sitting, looking at each other's pa- uh, presents. Presence. About to say parents. <laughs> Ashlyn sat down, and after two hours, it was time to go to bed. Wow, that's not much of a sleepover then. Teenagers. Ashlyn unrolled her sleeping bag onto L- Lucy's plush cotton rug and lied down. I don't think I've ever been on a plush cotton rug before, nor never heard of one. Although it might be soft, so I wouldn't mind having one of those in. Um, as the other girls... The, duh, as the others came in, they giggled and laughed and whispered stories. 
What should we do, is the question. Lucy whispered, afraid her mother would hear. <laughs> yeah, I bet your mommy has some pretty good ghost stories. All of the girls fell silent, except for Ashlyn. We could tell stories, ghost stories, Ashlyn suggested. Everyone nodded in agreement. Lucy went first. Once there was a girl named Ashley. She was 12 years old and looked almost exactly like our friend Ashlyn here. What a way to pick on somebody. <laughs> One night, she went to a sleepover at this... Exact. Yeah, but do you see the mistake in this? Uh, it's supposed to be in like, uh, like, pause. Uh, hang on. Sleepover at this exact house. Yeah, it's but... It's supposed to be like a foreboding thing. Like, foreboding pauses. Yeah, but do you see how it, how it's messed up? It's got this dot, or period. Then the word exact, dot, or period. House, period, or dot. Some people who put Between, up urban legends, they don't know how to. Yeah, they don't how to don't, don't, don't know how to do extra grammar. dots for pausing. She didn't want to go to sleep, but all of her, the other girls did. So Ashley stayed up that night. A demon with big yellow teeth. And beady black eyes snuck in. Wait, Richie was in it? <laughs> Sorry, bro. Wow. I had to. <laughs> uh, it called himself Pablo. And played with Ashley all night long. Okay. Uh-huh. I've never heard of a demon named Pablo. Pablo's... It's usually it's Spanish. Spanish. It's Spanish for some people calling Pablo a demon. At exactly 4.43 a.m., Ashley went to sleep. The demon snuck inside of her for a place to live. In other words, possession. Yeah. Ashley then woke up and killed everyone at the sleepover. And that will happen to the last person to fall asleep tonight. <laughs> Not much of a decent story there. Let's start off. At that, all of the girls rushed to lay out their sleeping bags and lay down their pillows. Ashlyn didn't believe it. She stayed up to check things out. At 11.35 p.m., she got a visitor. <laughs> he had big yellow teeth and black beady eyes. Made she stay out of this story. He introduced himself as Pablo, and they played all night. At exactly 4.43 a.m., Ashlyn went to sleep. I felt like I just read the damn thing again. Yeah, it gets better. The demon snuck inside of Ashlyn and, and awoke her. Ashlyn rose from the sleeping bag and walked to her bag, 
where she pulled out a large knife, which had not been there before. She walked over one by one to each girl and slit their throats. Then she got to Lucy, who had been horrible to her. Well, that bitch deserves to die then. She raised the knife above her head and brought it down once on the right eye. Once on the left eye. And once exactly in the middle of the throat. Ashton slowly dropped the knife, which lodged in Lucy's stomach, and walked out the front door. <laughs> Never fall asleep at a sleepover. This will happen. With love, Ashlyn Lee or Lee? Lee. Lee. And the funny thing is, it was sent in by an Ashley Lee from Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that. Holy crap. Go figure on that one. Uh, let's see. What's the next one? Wait. My computer just went nuts. Okay, no, what's just the next pause. one? Okay. Uh, where is it? Oh, here we go. Uh, back to this story. Uh, the giant lizard. If you see the giant, uh, this giant lizard in your town, call the authorities. In the final act of the shit sandwich of last year of 2020, giant dog-like, dog-sized lizards, not native to the U.S., are invading the su- southeastern part of the country. These four-legged creepy crawlers, which can grow up to four feet in length, that's what he said, that's what she said, are known as Argentine black and white tigas. And after either escaping or being released from captivity, the lizards are swarming, are swarming some U.S. states which could prove to be a significant problem for vegetation and local wildlife, according to National Geographic. Tegus are considered an invasive species. If you see one of these lizards roaming around town, you should call the proper authorities for your region. Keep, let's see, let's see, uh... Where did Tegus come from? Although the lizard is only native to South American countries, the species first popped up in the U.S. as pets in Florida. Shocking. Florida. (laughs) After some were set loose, they quickly began to populate. Well, no shit. Recently, the pest has been spotted making its way through Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, South Carolina, and Georgia. According to National Geographic. Let's see. And an, uh, why are Tegas so problematic? The lizards are particularly undesirable. Because they eat just about anything with nutritional value. They can, put, they can fit in their mouth. According to National Geographic, they'll chomp on the eggs of ground-nesting animals, such as birds and reptiles, including endangered 
endangered sea turtles. They'll snack on doves and other small animals. They'll snag strawberries and other fruits and vegetables that grow low to the ground. Can we get rid of the tegu? Due to the catastrophic effects this animal could have on our ecosystem, eliminating the tegus before they establish a permanent population from the U.S. is the goal, experts say. Oh yeah, just kill it. The hope would be uh, eradication but in all honesty, eradication is very, very difficult because you're searching for an unknown endpoint. So Georgia Southern University herpetologist Lance McBear told Discovery Magazine, Discover Magazine, These pesky litters, lizards are so destructive and rampant in Florida that the state recently banned residents from owning them. On June 29th, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill that bans the sale, import, breeding, and ownership of both the tagus and the green iguana in Florida, according to the Arcadian. Uh, let's see. Too bad the damn thing didn't have a taste for fucking stupid Republicans and governors. <laughs> More like stupid fucking people in general. What should you do if you see a tegus? A tegus. If you see this lizard, that's what she said, that's what he said, you are asked to contact the proper authorities in your state. Some states, like Georgia, have specific task forces designed to capture and rehome the reptiles. If you see a tegu in Florida, where they are most common, take a picture, note the location, and report it online to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. <laughs> uh, people are stupid. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Uh, ooh. The Tails Doll Curse. That sounds interesting. Go away. Oh, okay. The tales being basically from Sonic. Uh, let's see. But let Paramike's busy doing something, so I'm going to continue with my stories here. The Devil's Bridge and the world's other mysterious spots. Strangest Things. Not Stranger Things, the TV show Strangest Things. Who doesn't love a good mystery? The planet is dotted with places that are surreal, eerie, and sometimes downright bizarre. And while many of these mysterious goings-on have logical explanations, others remain stubbornly unsolved. Let's see. Of course, the Bermuda Triangle is number one. The Bermuda Triangle, covering around 500,000 square miles, which means more than 
1,290,000 square miles uh, kilometers between Bermuda, Miami and Florida, and San Juan in uh, Puerto Rico. Has seen seen more than 20 planes and 50 ships crash with no obvious explanation and even some vanish completely. Theories range from suggestions of supernatural activity, basically aliens, to the more logical hypothesis that it's down to magnetic compass variation or rogue waves. Okay, I'm probably going to end up butchering these. Richette, that's Richette, Richette. Structure, uh, Muratina. Astronauts have been watching the ratchet structure, also known as the Eye of Sahara, in Oquidine, in Oquidine since f humans first entered space. Viewed from the International Space Station, the 30-mile, 48.2-kilometer, wide s swirl resembles a bullseye or a, or, snake's, or a snail's shell. It kind of does. The logical quirk was believed to be a crater caused by a meteorite. But it's now thought it was once a dome that was eroded over time. Oh, shocking. Nobody thought aliens. Ah. Stonehenge, Stonehenge in England. This circle of rocks. Oh, I like how they pronounce this. Circle of rocks. Have long been... One of the UK's most well-known and mysterious sites, with historians and scientists baffled as to how its builders transported the monoliths 5,000 years ago. In 2019, Newcastle University, that's Newcastle in England, st students may have solved the riddle when they discovered that humans, not aliens, may have dragged the rocks in place using uh, sledges lubricated with pig fat. Lubricated. That's what he said, that's what she said. <laughs> okay. Eter Eternal Flame Falls in New York, U.S., heard of that one, but I never got to see it. It's nothing to do with the Bangles hit song. No shit, Sherlock. But this is an almost eternal flame. The bewitching orange-red glow that flickers behind a st staggered waterfall in New York's Chestnut Ridge Park is kept aflame by natural methane gas that seeps through cracks in the rock. It's occasionally extinguished by splashes of water, 
But visitors can bring it back to life with a lighter. <laughs> you got a something that you can uh, put a flame, put flame, flame on. There you go. Magnetic Hill, News New Brunswick, Canada. Cars roll backwards and apparently upwards after driving to the bottom of this so-called magnetic hill in Mon in Moncton, New Brunswick. But it isn't actually defying the laws of gravity. It's one of the several hills around the globe where what looks like an uphill incline is in fact part of a larger downline incline. And I, that just hurt my head. It's an optical illusion because there's no view from the of the hor of the horizon for perspective. Okay, so this doesn't hurt my head anymore. Uphill is an incline. And the larger part of it would be downhill of an incline. Okay, here we go. Incline up, decline down. Well, it said incline. That's why it said. Yeah, incline is up, which I hate when it comes to hills. <laughs> I know. Declining is perfect. You don't lose your breath. You don't hurt yourself. Your legs ain't hurting. But when you start going on an incline at a 90 degrees, forget it. Uluru, Australia. Uluru or Ayers Rock and Uluru Kata Tijuta. I think I just married something. National Park in Australia's Northern Territory has beguiled people for centuries and is a sacred spot for Anaugu uh, people with theories that it was formed by ancestral beings who shaped the world. In other words, they're thinking aliens. Science suggests the sandstone monolith began forming around 550 million years ago. And centuries of erosion and folding and ero erosion and folding crafted its distinctive oval shape. Its red surface is due to oxidation, while fresh rock beneath is gray. Oh. This has a freak out some people here. Blood Falls, Antarctica. And Paramike just went, what? What's <laughs> the look I just got? <laughs> the world's coldest and perhaps most enigmatic. That's enigmatic. Take a drink, I stumbled. Continent is home to a blood red waterfall that seeps into the ice. Geologists originally thought the red color was due to algae, but the truth is actually much more interesting. It started around 2 million years ago when a saltwater pool was trapped inside Taylor Glacier. Glacier. The sealed airless lake's high iron content and salinity 
caused the rust red color that eventually oozed out of a fi out of a fissure. <laughs> in the ice. Marfa Lights, Texas, U.S. A clear night, lights twinkle on the horizon just outside the hip Texan town of Marfa. And they've been baffling onlookers for more than 135 years. The bright orbs throb, or some say, move across the sky. Even James Dean, in Marfa filming the, the movie Giant, was spooked and captivated by the still unexplained phenomenon. Doop doo 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 doo. Phenomenon. Doop doo doo doo. Phenomenon. Doop doo 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 Yeah! Theories on what they are include UFOs, shocking, most theory, ghosts of Spanish conquistadors, and car headlights. Uh, I don't think car headlights would uh, move across the sky. And of course, Winchester Mystery House in California, U.S. Sarah Winchester, whose late husband had invented the Winchester rifle, Bought the San Jose Mansion in 1886. It spent three decades creating a labyrinth of 160 rooms, two basements, 10,000 windows, and 2,000 doors, many of which lead to sudden drops. In other words, watch, watch for that first ledge. It's a doozy. Staircases lead to ceilings and dead ends. That's actually true. A popular theory is that, haunted by those killed by her late husband's invention, she created a maze to keep malevolent spirits at bay. Okay. Back to my history teacher in high school, Miss LaForge. Who always thought Sarah Winchester was a little bit nuts, to put it lightly. When I was pregnant with my with uh, my first son, David, I actually went in there, into the house because both that my brothers Alex and Richie made a bet that I couldn't handle it. Alex was pissed because he was out of 600 bucks. And he had to foot six ex uh, 300 more. Actually, Alex bet me 300. And Richie did the same. I ended up getting 600 out of the bet because I could handle it. And the energy I was feeling was all over the place. So, I got... 300 out of Alex. Richie, who was a little strapped, 
couldn't pay his 300 so Alex, being pissed, had to foot his bill. <laughs> okay. Nazca Lines in Peru. Around 300 figures from a spider to a hummingbird are etched into the sands in the southern Peruvian desert. With some lines stretching more than 5 miles, which is 3.2 kilometers, the pre-Columbian geoglyphs, which cover around 200 miles, 323 kilometers, long, had celestial associations or were seen as a giant calendar. What would that be? A zodiac calendar? Now, the most popular theory is that they mark the locations of rituals surrounding water and crops. Although the truth remains elusive. Wait, did, uh, didn't uh, Bill Ga George Gates, or whatever his name is, Josh Gates, didn't he investigate that in one of his uh, older shows? Destination Truth or something like that? I don't remember offhand. I mean, I know he has like so two two different shows and everything, but I don't remember. I will have uh, to look that up. Great Blue Hole. <laughs> that's now. what he said. That's what she said. <laughs> what is that? It's a Great Blue Hole. <laughs> In Belize, <laughs> divers and underwater explorers, including French writer and explorer Jacques or Waki Cousteau, have fallen under the spell of the world's biggest sinkhole, which measures measures around one thousand feet, meaning three hundred four miles, or yeah, across and plunges to 400 feet, 100, 122 miles deep. Its deepest, darkest secrets remained a mystery until late 2018, when an expedition team, including Joaquin's grandson, Fabian Casto, and Sir... I'm pretty sure Richard's going to probably want to break something because... Uh, let's see, Sir Sir Richard Bronson. I can see why Richie hates his fucking first name. <laughs> Either it's a freaking explorer <laughs> or it's a fucking psycho killer. <laughs> Shot video from a submarine revealing stalactites and unidentified track tra and a unidentifiable tracks. That does not explain anything. And, of course, everybody's heard of Roswell, New Mexico, in the USA. Wait a minute. But that, wait, Roswell, there's a Roswell, Mexico. I didn't know there was a lot, uh, New Mexico was part of the U.S. Roswell is perhaps the ultimate spot for alien conspiracy theories. 
The small New Mexico city hit headlines when night in 1947, a ranch worker claimed to have stumbled upon debris from a flying saucer crash. It was quickly explained as a weather balloon that crashed, although the rumors never died. Oh, God. Uh, sorry for those who are LGBTQ that might get a little bit offended with this. Fairy circles. But not that type of fairy. Fairy as in wings. Wing winged little sprites who you want to take a tennis racket and swat it all over the place. Fairy circles in... Nabia are the are these circular patches dotted over the Nabian desert in their millions the work of gods, aliens, or um, termites? Obviously, one answer is less romantic than the others, but it's also the most logical theory scientists have come up with. For the so-called fairy circles, which are only found here and in parts of Australia, there's still no official explanation and studies continue. So, yeah, I got nothing for that one. How about you, dear? Racetrack player. In California, in the U.S., it is some unexplained magnetic force that causes rocks to glide across this cracked, dry lake bed in California's Death Valley, or the unseen hands of some higher power. Neither, it seems, as scientists debunked this, the mysteries in 2013. Discovering the boulders are moved by wind when the ground is icy. It's still a hauntingly beautiful and delightfully odd place. Um, I don't know. I have never heard of a fucking boulder. Slide across land. That's desert. I have never heard of it, nor have I ever seen it. So, I'm kind of like debunking that theory for the so-called scientists who thought that. Because, me, of course, being a Ghost of ghost Adventures kind of nut. Um, when they were doing... Um, I forget where... I forget the place they were at, but, uh, but they were, but there's something called ley lines. Ley lines can cause, which are fo forces that you can't see or try to prove, or try to disprove, that for that 
uh, cause a certain type of energy. Whether it's spirits, rituals, like witches do, like we witches do, to, uh, po to even power lines. Power lines are a form of energy, which it's gathered from the ground. That was uh, Ancient Random Inn. Well, that was the first time he heard of that, but uh, the tour guide was a female. Where they heard more about ley lines. I think that was Oregon? Huh? I think it was in Oregon or something. I don't I don't know. I can't remember where it was either. But I remember Mr. Humphrey saying something about that, and, and he showed Zach like a map and everything, and then... He asked oh, him yeah, about it. Gumfrey. Yeah, he asked about it, and he said, "Yeah, I know about landlines." Hold on. When he went first went to Atramian, he heard of the claims, but to make himself not look stupid on camera, he had to play off like he believed in what it believed in ley lines, but he didn't have, he didn't know what they were, nor has he ever heard of them. He had to play... You could tell by his face he had to play it off like he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Even though he was clueless what a fucking succubus and incubus was. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. That Come was... Here, succubus. It's incubus, habitator. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Valentine's Day special at know, the Wayside Inn. Yeah. Nick and uh, Aaron... Well, Nick was more like teasing him on it than Aaron was. I mean, Aaron, he could understand why Zack was confused. Even though the historian didn't make much sense for Zack either. True. I, if people have heard succubus, incubus, but they, you don't know what they are. It is a de it's a demon that performs sexual acts. Which is, in my opinion... The first demon that is transgender. Yeah. It attacks males. It attacks females. It grabs the sperm. <laughs> and we're going to Scotland. Aye, laddie. Loch Ness. Oh, not again. Proving that monsters are no barrier to popularity. Loch Ness in Scotland... Is more famous thanks to the huge beast that may or may not lurk in its depths. They can't fucking prove that it doesn't. But they're trying like hell. No shit! The Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie. Nessie! Was first sighted in 1933. When a newspaper article dismissed the disturbance of the water surface as a duck fight. <laughs> I think you can distinguish what a duck is in a fucking pond. Or a fucking body of water instead of a fucking beast. <laughs> quack, 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 quack. An infamous 1934 photo of the long-necked creature was later admitted to be a hoax. Well, okay, that's why people are really trying to debunk the theory now. Because of that photo being debunked. Or person who took the photo admitted it was a hoax. Latest theories suggest Nessie may be a giant eel 
or a tentacle of broken lanch of broken branches. Uh we know what eels look like and they're not as big as what people are saying from the head. And they don't come up to surface to grab air. For all we know, it could have been a ple plesiosaur. I don't know. <laughs> One of my homes away from home. Not giving Parent Mike here a guess on who, what that is. <laughs> well, you have two homes away from homes. <laughs> you got Italy and you have Romania. That one. Ta-da! Brant Braun Castle. Mystery shrouds, shrouds this castle as an eerie dawn mist. Legend has it that bloodthirsty 15th century ruler Vlad the Impaler, Vlad Tepish, my great-great-grandfather, believed to have inspired Bram Stoker's infamous character in Dracula, was once imprisoned into its medieval walls. There's no evidence that he even visited the place. But it remains a creepy spot for gothic fans. Um, that's actually one of the fucking um, legend rumors. About Vlad. But there's others where he was imprisoned in other castles in the region. In fact, he's got, like, almost, like, th so-called three fu three fucking castles that are his. And the fact that Zack actually bought the real one, I'm a little bit pissed. Uh, the state of Romania. Hoyabachu Forest. <laughs> Sorry, Zack. <laughs> I would have kind of looked at him like, you fucking are stupid. <laughs> it's not going to hurt you. <laughs> Pretty much any forest can feel eerie when there's no one else around and the trees are clung with mist. But Hoya Bachufor dials up the strangeness with crooked trees that twist and turn. That's true. As if frozen in dance. Not dance, dance. Legends tell of alien encounters. Never heard of it. Never. I've heard of those, but never. it was never proven. And people vanishing into the woods. It's dubbed the Bermuda Triangle of Romania. The biggest mystery of all is the clearing. Now, the clearing is a central area part of the, of the forest where nothing grows. And no one knows why. Some thinks it was aliens. Well, being in that forest once, and Richie can back it up, I haven't felt anything that could be alien-related. But I can actually say that there is a type of energy that can be overwhelming. For those who are empaths that don't really know how to hone in on the energies. 
Now we're going to Area 51 in Nevada, U.S., in the USA. We all know Area 51 in Nevada is a fucking military base. It's the world's most secretive airport and synonymous with, con with conspiracy theories. This still operational Air Force facility, like I said, it's a military base known as Area 51, drew attention during its Cold War era aircraft testing, spawning rumors of sinister experiments, a staged moon landing, and a lab run by aliens. Entering the base is strictly forbidden, not to mention impossible. If you work for the government, it's possible. You can, but if you're not, you're not going in there. You show up, show up there, you get shot. Pine Gap, Australia. The Oz, or Ooze, equivalent of Area 51. Yeah, I'm going to say the Oz, because that sounds more cooler. Equ uh, the Oz equivalent of Area 51. The satellite uh, surveillance base in the middle of the outback opened in the 1970s as a joint operation between the U.S. and Australian governments. The Cold War spy facility was initially disguised as a space research facility. A misinformation, a misinformation can that only fueled ongoing conspiracy theories about alien sites and chilling experiments. Now we're going to Ethiopia. Rock-hewn churches. Yes, I'm going to say that again. Rock-hewn churches in Ethiopia. Ethiopia. The rose-hued hued rock churches of Lilibelia are jaw-droppingly beautiful, and the 11 monolithic structures become even more incredible when you hear their story. It's said that King uh, Lilibela, who reigned in the 12th and 13th centuries, Carved each with help from the angels alone. Okay, so he was hearing voices he thought were angels. While it's more likely he was aided by thousands of slaves, their existence is certainly miraculous. Uh, now we're going to Indonesia. Kawan Ejen. These milky... That's what he said and that's what she said. Turquoise waters may look inviting... For a swim, but she wouldn't want to take a dip there. This caldra formed in the crater of Kawan Ijen volcano. It's a volcano. It's the world's largest acidic lake. Means it's a whole lot of acid that can kill you. The electric blue flames that burst into the air are a source of fascination. Although, of course, there is a scientific explanation. High levels of sulfuric acid, which give the water its striking hue, combust when they hit the air. Now we're going to Egypt. The Great Pyramid of Giza. Giza's trio of pyramid tombs 
make up one of the one of the globe's most recognizable sites. The biggest of the three, the Great Pyramid of Giza or or Gafu, is one of the oldest of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and the only one still standing. Yet it's still shrouded in mystery, with scholars continuously theorizing as to how much a huge, intricate structure could be created without modern tools. Um, if you read the history books, it explains. It's called, the pharaohs had slaves that, that were, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That were skilled carpenters at the time. Or uh, mason ma mason workers. Not mason as in the secret society mason, but stone mason. Now we're going to Australia. Lake Hi Hillier. Pink sand. And I'm actually looking at a picture of pink sand. We can just about handle, but a bubblegum look, bubblegum colored lake from above, contrasting with the nearby blue of the Pacific. Lake Hillier is utterly surreal. Its color is still something of a mystery, but the most commonly ex accepted theories relate to the lake's high solidity. Salinity. Okay, now this is just weird. We're going to Poland. Crooked Forest. And it's actually a place because I'm looking at a bunch of trees bent in a ridiculous weird way. Gryfino's brilliantly bunkers. Crooked Forest are Crazeway Lass. Is filled with with around four hundred pine trees, which eat each they could drink a stumble, each with a near identical bend in the base of its trunk. Their the wonky appearance has sparked many theories, including that a snowstorm or a gravitational pull morphed their shape. Others suggest they were deliberately shaped with tools. None have been proven, which makes these strangely uniform canopies all the more intriguing. Alberta, Canada, we're going to now. Lake, Ab Lake Abra Abraham. I'm going to say that again. Abraham. Most of the year, this reservoir in western Alberta is an attractive beauty, attracted body of water backed by part of the Canadian Rockies. It's chillier months. It transforms into a magical wonder, winter wonderland when what appear to be shitmissy Blabbles uh, or snowballs beneath the surface. The truth is, le is less rom is less romantic. 
As the suspended white orbs are pockets of methane gas formed with formed when organic matter decomposes and is frozen into clumps. Uh, I'm definitely butchering this one. This now we're going to Mexico or Mexico. Tijo Tai Huachina. Hachian. I know, I just sprained something. No one knows who built or originally lived in, the va in this vast and complex pyramid city. Believed to have left around 1400 years old. The site covering around 8 square miles, which is 20... Uh, which is 20 s square 20 square kilometers I think it says was later a, a pilgrimage site for Aztecs or Aztecs who gave it the name Teotihuacan remnants uh, Apartment-like buildings suggest around 100,000 people lived there and worshipped at temples linked by the broad Avenue of the Dead. Well, that would be one hell of a good movie if it didn't have goddamn zombies in it. Now we're going to New Zealand. Moraki Mo Boulders. Ancient Mori Legend says these boulders are guards or food containers. Washed ashore from the wreckage of a canoe that brought their ancestors to New Zealand's South Island. Another theory suggests they are alien eggs. Really? Alien eggs? Ge uh, geology says they formed in sediment on the seafloor around 65 million years ago, eventually choosing Koakai Beach as their home. We're going to Chile. Easter Island Heads. Now I'm going to repeat that in case you're wondering what the fuck I just said. Easter Island Heads. It was the Rapa Nui people who crafted an era erected the 1,000-odd stone giants known as Moai around 900, 900 years ago. But no one really knows how they managed to move the 40-foot-tall 12 millimeters statues which weigh around 14 tons each into place or why they exist at all. A, pro a prevalent theory is that the ancient uh, po ancient Polynesians walked them from quarries or quarries using stone platforms and placed them to mark freshwater sources. The statues bodies are buried to leave only the curious heads exposed.
Okay, we're going to Turkmenistan. Don't know what that is, but I love the title of this place. Door to Hell. It's the stuff that nightmares are made of. A gaping, that's what he said and that's what she said. Fury chased him tearing a hole in the earth. The Dorf Vaza gas crater, or do door to hell, opened in 1971. Engineers were drilling a natural gas field in the northern uh, Turkmenistan d desert when a portion collapsed into an underground cavern. It was set alight to prevent gases from spreading. And it's still burning decades later. If you're really fucking cold, there you go. There's your heat source. And it's free! <laughs> We're going to Germany for our last one here. Devil's Bridge. There's a lot of places that have the name Devil's Bridge. Okay, I know I'm going to break my tongue here. Racco Taz Bruquet, I think I just sprained my tongue, is so pretty it could perhaps more aptly be called Fairy Tale Bridge. It looks really nice. But its name, which means Devil's Bridge, comes from its supernatural associations. Shocking. The lope the the looping structure in the German town of Kramlau forms a perfect circle with its watery reflection. A clever trick of engineering that some see as otherworldly. Yeah, it does kind of look like something from a fucking medieval tale of some kind. I'm done with that news story. Uh, did see. Do I have another one? Um. I'm gonna take a breather. I'm gonna let Paramike uh, do some uh, urban legends. The Tails Doll Curse sounds kind of funny. Simply because it's a character in fun and Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, good lord. Okay. I'm not too sure, but I think I read this one. Or you read this one. Tails Doll Curse? No, you didn't. No, 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 no. In Urban Legends. Huh? In Urban Legends. That's what I said. You never read it. I have something different. I would have remembered if you did. We never read so uh, the Tales Doll Curse. You skipped one. A Mother's Plea was the next one. Okay, fine. But I think I read that one due to the fact that it's under the uh, another fo folder. You'll see it. No, he didn't read it. I would have remembered. We didn't read Tales Doll Curse. <laughs> Not that one. Which one? The one above it. 
Mother's Plate? Yes. Yeah, we did. Okay. We read that one. Alright, that's the one I was asking. Sheesh. Alright. The Tales Doll Curse. This was back in February 1st, 2012. And I love the folder title, Children. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I asked you about the other one, due to the fact that what the folder said. Um, it goes on, ever play Sonic R? The fuck is Sonic R? Uh, probably the first. I don't um, remember that game. Probably one of uh, the Sega games of Sonic. I don't remember that one because I had all the Sega games of Sonic and not Sonic, Sonic R. Sonic R, it sounds like one of the cartoons. Mm, don't, I don't remember the cartoon either. But one of the older cartoons, I don't know. Possibly a small percent of you have heard of the Tales doll. Nope. No. Here is one of the stories I have heard of from my close friend. That's bad English. Yeah. A man came home from work with a gift for his son. He had picked it up. He had picked up. He picked up. Well, it says picked. I think you read it wrong. It's picked up. A new video game for him. Sonic no wonder it's a racing game. It was a racing game, and when he gave his gave his son the gift, he was so excited to get it and play it right away. That night, he played the game with his son, and they had a great time. There should be an exclamation point. <laughs> A couple of days later, the boy was almost finished with the game. His dad was there in his room when he beat the last boss, and he roared in excitement when he finally did it. He smiled and asked him how he liked the game as he watched the credit screen. What's that? He asked the boy. Then the Tails doll appeared on the screen. The boy said it was the Tails doll. That was all he knew. Already weird. He told his son it was time for bed. During the night, the curious father went into the boy's room and turned on the TV very quietly to play the game for a while himself. He noticed that he now had the option to play as Tails Doll. He chose him to tag up with some of the gang. The game was fun until he tagged him up with Sonic the Hedgehog. The screen went black when the game system shut itself down. I've had that done a few thousand times. Yeah, that's usually a glitch in the game. Until I threw the damn system out, uh, out the window. 
The man decided it was time for him to go to sleep since he had to work in the morning. So he crept out of his son's room and went to lay down in bed with his wife. <laughs> Damn bitch is snoring again. At around 2 a.m., he woke up when he heard thumps on his door. He assumed it was his son getting up to ask him to get him something. He told the boy to stop, go back to bed. The thumping kept happening. And at one point, he noticed a little shadow coming from under the door. Scroll this down a little bit. <laughs> Tails, Sonic Hedgehog's best friend, kept popping into his head. He got out of bed and slowly opened the door. Then he heard someone say this very softly. You're coming with me forever. Yeah, you hear something like that, uh, you'd probably be shitting yourself. <laughs> oh, shit. It was a doll. The window. <laughs> yeah. It was a doll. An evil, blood-covered, possessed little doll. It was a doll from the game. It had to be. That one was from Rebecca G. from uh, Re Regent Park, Toronto, Ontario. Jasper another H one, from Jasper Federal H. Way, Wyoming. Another version. Once upon a time, there was a little boy who lived in California and loved to play the Sonic R video game on the Sega Saturn console. Oh, okay, so I never had that, yeah, that console. Because Sega died out by the time uh, I was older. Apparently, the video game was cursed. Hmm. Whoa, that's news. Yeah. Never thought video games could be cursed. Possibly could. He had unlocked Tails' doll in the game. He played a game mode called Tag Race and used Tails' doll to tag Tails, Metal Sonic, Metal Knuckles, and supersonic. That night, his TV froze and he saw Tails' doll on the screen going back and forth. He jumped out and killed the poor little kid. Wow! <laughs> How to do the Tails' doll curse? Go in the bathroom and turn, on, turn off the lights. Go to YouTube and view, can you feel the sunshine backwards than living in the city backwards? There will be a red light in the mirror. <laughs> eh, another fucking version of Bloody Mary. Did I just hurt my brain? And Candyman. Did I just hurt my brain cells? Another version. And that came from San Juan Parico. From Mr. Hernandez. Oh, Jesus Christ. How many versions are there? Huh? 
How many more versions are there? I don't know. Okay, just the last Sounds two. Sounds interesting. <laughs> just the last two. Okay. This doll is no ordinary doll. This doll is a pure evil. People make videos about it. Wikipedia and other stuff. The Tales Doll. So if you have access to Wikipedia, type in The Tales Doll. And then email it to us at everythingparanormal2021 at gmail.com. I want to learn more about this. <laughs> From your perspectives. Not me looking it up. I want your perspectives on it. To summon him, you must play the Sonic R game. 100% complete or completed. Play as the Tails doll and play tag mode. While playing tag mode, you will be supersonic. You will see. See, sorry. When you tag him, something strange will happen. The screen will change to a picture of the Tails doll. You will see him standing on a red checkered floor. You might be hearing a song called Can You Feel the Sunshine? If you see a red light, don't go near it. It's the Tails doll. It might kill you or it will give you a curse. It will give bad luck. <laughs> From Anonymous. Well, if you want bad luck, hey, just look at the... the last version. <laughs> if you want bad luck, just look out the front door. You're going to have all the bad luck in the world just by looking at it. On my seventh birthday, I got Sonic Gems Collection, which includes Sonic R. I loved that game until I was till I was playing as Tails doll in the tag four characters mode and the screen went black when I tagged Super Sonic. I thought it was just a glitch from all the scratches on the disc. So I shut the game off and cleaned off the disc and put it away. Well, if you got a scratch disc, it's time to throw that motherfucker out the window. <laughs> the next day, I tried again. And the same time... Excuse me. I had a bit of a burp there. A picture of TD popped up. With him floating over some red checkered tile with... Can you feel the sunshine playing? I was creeped out at that point, so I turned off the game and went to bed. The next morning, I hopped onto Google and looked up strange glitches on Sonic R. And a story of the Tails doll curse came up. Okay, so we went from Wikipedia to Google now. The glitches, in quotations... Matched up perfectly with the curse. I now knew what was going on. Scroll down here. This kid has had to be stupid. <laughs> I also looked at ways of summoning him and found the following. Yep. Seven-year-old kid had to be stupid. Number one. 
Go into the bathroom after 11 p.m. and turn out the lights. Great song, by the way. Number two. Play Can You Feel the Sunshine in Reverse, then Living in the City, also in Reverse. Two things I might have to look up. Hmm. Number three. Wait five minutes. That's a pretty long time to wait for something. Number four. If you did it right, a red diamond will appear in the mirror. So we go from a red dot in a mirror yeah. to a red diamond in the mirror. <laughs> what the hell? Okay, this whole thing just went two different directions. I took my recorder and recorded the song songs I needed for the night to come. I also played Sonic Arr! until about 10.30. And now it doesn't say if it's a.m. or p.m. So I could watch the time. 11 o'clock finally came. I played the songs and waited five minutes. And sure enough, there he was. I was stunned to see him. He sat there by my head, staring right into my eyes, motionless. I slowly reached out to touch his ear, and he quickly smacked my hand away. <laughs> Son of a bitch! I slowly reached out. Let me see. Dan I let his... Wait a minute. I just lost myself now. Okay. Then let his red gem illuminate his face. His bloody, bloody face shan't be forgotten. Then he whispered into my ear, Can you feel the sunshine? I can't ever. And just as suddenly as he came, the doll was gone. And this came from Ohio. What that give you the shits? <laughs> That'll put you in a rubber room. Uh, let's see. I can't even pronounce that last name. Uh, Mary Kluhein. Kluhein, or... We can't say it. And the dead thing. There's a lot of dead things around here. What's the thing? This was done back in January 16th, 2012. And I like how this starts off. My stick. He said, I forgot it in the graveyard. And, oh, Dad, I'll fetch your stick. Mary said and ran out into the night. Mary, no. Don't do that. Mm, is it a little racy there? Yeah. Already we're starting to get a little racy in the urban stuff. But it was too late. Mary disappeared and ran as fast as she could to the graveyard. When she got there, she saw the stick. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this. She bent to pick it up and heard a voice coming from a grave 
I wonder if it was her ass. Mary C. helped me out. Okay. She didn't want to, but she had to do what the voice said. Now, if I hear anybody saying my name and help me out, my ass will be gone. Fuck the stick. I'd be gone. <laughs> Give me a hand. There you go. There's your hand. She put her hand into the grave. Ew. And suddenly another hand came up and grabbed hers. Holy shit. I wonder if it was all bones. It pulled her arm and grabbed her body. She looked into the hole. The hole. The hole. <laughs> and saw the thing. A dead body was using her to climb out of its grave. It spoke to her and said, Now we can go to town. Okay. They came to a house. The dead body began to sniff. Wait a minute. How is a dead body able to sniff? Sense. He said... Go on, Mary. Not this house. Okay, now this story's getting a little weird. Sounds like it's freebasing. What do you want, Mary asked. I am looking for a house without a cross or holy water or a Bible. Bible. He answered straight on, Mary C., after eight houses, he sniffed and said, Stop, Mary C. This is the right house. He began to laugh, and though she didn't want to hear him, she had to. Mary was so scared. It was late at night, so she said, You can't open the door. It's locked. No door is locked for me on this night. He said. Now how we know if it was a he? Could have been a she. Mm. And he used his bad magic to open the door. He said. Go in, Mary C. She didn't want to. But she had to do it. They came into the little house. And the dead body said. Mary C. Go into the kitchen and make me some pierogi. Porridge. Porridge, sorry. Words are hard. Mary didn't want to do it, but she couldn't stop herself. The dead body sat down at the table, and Mary began to make the porridge. She put oats and milk and water into a big pot. Oh, now I may want to throw up. I need blood from my porridge. Ugh. Thank God I don't eat that shit. Said the dead thing. Mary found a large bowl and went with him up the stairs into a bedroom where they found three young boys. She saw a razor in the moonlight and against her own will, she used it to cut the boys 
cut the first boy's finger. Ow! She bled his finger into the bowl, and in a few minutes, he was dead. Just by a little cut? Hmm. Holy crap. She went to the second boy, and then the third boy, and cut their fingers. Took their blood, and left them dead. Lying in their beds. Yikes. Take me down into the kitchen, Mary C. said. The evil thing that brought her there. She didn't want to do it, what it said. But she had to. Her feet moved along. Let's go, Mary, it said. She went downstairs and into the kitchen with the big bowl of blood. She poured the blood into the porridge and then, or, and the dead body said to her, Now we must eat it. I think I just lost my appetite for dinner now. It took a spoon and the bowl with the porridge, and it ate and ate, smacking its lips with each bite. Mary, you eat it too. Mary took a spoon and a little bit of porridge with the blood. Mary didn't want to eat it, and this time she was able to fight against the monster's will. Mary took her scarf and filled it with the porridge. The dead body was fooled and thought she ate the bloody meal. Mary hid the scarf behind a chair. The body brought Mary back to the graveyard. On the way, Mary asked, What about the three dead boys? Good question. They are dead and they can't live again. Because we ate the bloody porridge. The bloody porridge is the only thing that can bring them back to life. But we ate it all. Ha! Laughed the dead body. They arrived at the cemetery and approached the body's grave. You must come in with me you must come in with me into the grave, said the bloody body or dead body. Boy, I got that bloody part on my mind now. She had to keep moving with it towards the grave. She knew it she knew it wanted her to climb with it into the grave where it was cold and dark. She didn't want to, but she couldn't stop her legs from moving forward. Very slowly, she went to the grave. They heard a noise. MC stopped. It's only a cow in the field, said the dead body. Go on. The night is coming to an end. Mary C. She went on very slowly. <laughs> Again, she hesitated, listening to the noise. Go on, Mary C. It's only a sheep in the field. I thought, it, I thought she was close. Bah. Not moi. 
Okay. Go on. The sun is coming. And Mary C. went on. They found the grave and the body climbed down into it, grabbing Mary's arm to pull her along. Mary C. didn't want to go into the grave, but the dead body was strong. Ah, great, a stupid bird. The sun came up and the power of the dead body vanished. The thing collapsed, lifeless, once more. Mary C. fell down with it, and her hand found her father's stick. She stood up, took the stick, and ran home. On her way, she came to the house without, without a cross, Bible, Bible, or holy water. She heard a voice. Our sons are dead. She remembered what the corpse had said and went into the house. Talk about breaking and entering again. I know how the boys can't, can come back to life, she said. Mary C. went into the kitchen and found the scarf with the bloody porridge. She took it upstairs and began to feed the three bodies in the beds and as the bloody porridge touched the lips of the boys they came back to life and that story came from houston texas yuck that's why i don't eat that stuff because it looks like throw up (laughs) literally okay these new sticks new story that i have Let's see. And it's a question. Are these America's most mysterious places? Magical mystery tour. There are some places that seem like natural homes for ghosts, like cemeteries or hotels in the middle of nowhere. The U.S. has its fair share of those, but there are also plenty of surprising places with ghostly goings-on and strange happenings across the country. From natural natural phenomena that can be explained by science to haunted spots and mysteries that remain stubbornly and spookily unsolved. Let's see. Uh, first, of course, the RMS Queen Mary. Which, for some who don't know, it's in California. This ocean liner currently enjoying semi-retirement as a floating hotel and restaurant in Long Beach, in Long Beach, California, has a lot of history. She started with a glamorous life sailing Hollywood stars, including Elizabeth Taylor, across the Atlantic for having a grittier role as a second World War troop ship the Grey Ghost. To some, that's more than just a name. Claiming to be the world's most haunted ship, that ship, it said her decks and corridors are roamed 
by the spirits of those who have died aboard, including a crew member, including a crew member murdered in stateroom B340. And of course, it doesn't say anything about girl. Okay, we're going to Louisiana. La Laurie, La Laurie Mansion. And that's uh, the reason I hate my name, because Laurie's always spelled differently than mine. But it sounds the same. New Orleans oozes spookiness and spirituality from every cobblestone corner and cemetery. Though this lavish Creole mansion in the heart of the city's French Quarter has more mystery than most. It is all it was owned by socialite Madame Marie Delphine Lalaurie, infamous for hedonistic hedonistic parties and following a kitchen fire in 1834. Murder. Local police responding to the blaze discovered the bodies of mutilated slaves in the attic. Oh, that's great. La Lore fled to France, but, according to some, the victims remained heard screaming in the night. Uh... Already read Eternal Flames in New York. Already said Marfa, Texas. Okay, now we're going to Arizona. Cathedral Rock. The Red Rocks of Sedona are currently hauntingly beautiful, loving, lovely. It kind of is. But, could something truly spooky be happening? The entire area is considered to be a vortex, or an area of concentrated, crackling energy, said to have healing powers. The area around the sandstone butt of Cathedral Rock is known as an electromagnetic site where multiple energies swirl and flow, inspiring meditation and spiritual, spiritual well-being. Regardless of the metaphysical, this is a place of otherworldly beauty. And it really is. I like the picture. Already did O'Day. Okay, we're going to Alaska. Red Onion Saloon. Okay. Sagways... Red Onion Saloon is now a bar and restaurant. Though a brothel museum and some spooky goings-on offer clues to its shady past. The inn opened at the end of the 19th century as a brothel for gold miners and today the ghost of former brothel maiden Lita uh, uh, Lydia is said to hang around the halls, the scent of her perfume wafting in the air. Arkansas, 
Crescent Hotel. Looming atop a ridge of the Ozark Mountains, this Eureka Springs landmark has been billed as America's most haunted ho- hotel. It was currently seen has currently seen a lot of happenings since its construction in 1886. Originally opening as a resort, as a luxury resort, it later became a conservatory for young women, a college, and in 1937. A hospital whose owner, Norman Baker, that's Norman Baker, not Norman Bates, claimed he could cure cancer. Except he wasn't really a doctor. Okay, this was uh, on one of Zack's later seasons. Baker was run, run out of town, and his ghost is said to haunt the hotel, along with a bearded man in Victorian dress and a five-year-old girl. Yeah, that's something that Zach investigated. A bearded man in a dress? A, in Victorian dress, basically what men used to wear in Victorian era. Ah, okay. Just seems kind of funny. Uh, let's see. Already did racetrack. Okay, South Carolina. Ponset Bridge. Mystery surrounds the construction of South Carolina's oldest bridge. The gothic structure in Greenville, it kind of is gothic, was built in 1820 and named after prominent local resident Joel Ponset. Historians believe it was designed by Robert Mills, an archit- the architect behind the Washington Monument. Even more intriguing are the tales of ghosts hanging around the stone arch. Ranging from a, a man who died in a car accident in the 1950s to a construction worker entombed inside. It makes no sense. But now I'm looking at it, it looks like uh, something that Jasko uh, shown doing Renanatica. But I could be wrong. Already did Waswell. Okay, we're going to Pennsylvania. The town me and Paramike live. Which is way better than our hometown. To a degree. Now it's like every fucking doctor in Massachusetts in Florida came here. Eastern State Penitentiary. Everybody knows that one. There's nothing soft or warm about the design of this gothic style prison. Which opened in Philadelphia in 1829. But there's nothing soft or warm about what happened inside the crumbling stone walls, either. This was the first U.S. prison to implement solitary confinement, with inmates kept in windowless cells. It's said that since it closed in 1971, those inmates reclaimed the space, with visitors witnessing apparitions floating down the corridors and hearing loud whispers echoing around brick, round cell blocks. We're going to Illinois. Lincoln Park Zoo. Cuddly animals, fearsome beasts, and mal- malig- uh, malignant spirits. Ghosts aren't the first things you'd associate with a zoo. But this popular Chicago attraction has been designed. 
designed, designated, not designed, designated, one of the most haunted sites in the city. The central core of the Lincoln Park Zoo was a cemetery in the mid-19th century. With around 35,000 bodies buried there. When it was moved, not all the bodies went with it. Or I should say, yeah. Unsurprisingly, reports of paranormal activity are rife. Very. St. Augustine, Florida. Or I should say Florida. Location, St. Augustine Lighthouse. With, this, with its jaunty black and white stripes. Cheerful red ascents and sunny palm-dotted surrounds. St. Augustine Lighthouse doesn't exactly scream creepy. But the narrow tower has seen more than its fair share of tragedy. And many claim it's still haunted by it. One keeper, Joseph Juan Camilio Andro, that's a long-ass name, fell to his death in 1859 while whitewashing a tower. Whitewashing? Would that be window washing? Then, in 1873, three young girls downed with a cart they were playing in broke. They were playing in broke and fell into the ocean, trapping them underneath. That's why you don't let little kids fucking around, uh, f uh to play around a fucking lighthouse. I think... Let me, let me think. Huh. I do believe that Taps were there doing an investigation in the lighthouse. Yeah. And they actually did catch something upwards. Yeah, I know. On camera, which was shocking to me. But the history that they were told and the experiences that were going on in that lighthouse, there was no mention of any children at the time. Well, well, due to the fact, uh, it, what I just read about the three girls, like, going into the ocean. Yeah. It's not really considered uh, at the light, at the lighthouse, it's just on the property. Right, but that, there was no mention of that to taps that were there before. Well, obviously, maybe that was held, uh, held from the tour guys or something. Probably. And then... Recently, now Grant Wilson is the head of TAPS. Yeah. With a whole new team, went back there, and they were talking about children's being towards the opposite side. Yeah. Where there's a bench and everything, and there's a sign, and it's all in the little woods, wood area. Yeah. The only problem is with that is that the little wooded area off to the side. Yeah. Is nowhere near the ocean where the lighthouse sits. Yeah. So that, that's kind of funny that Grant's been there twice already. Yeah. First time he was there, there was no mention about children. Nope. At the lighthouse whatsoever. No mention of children's on the entire property whatsoever. Maybe that came. Maybe that evidence came around later. That's what I'm thinking after he returned back after God knows how many years to do the investigation. Which is kind of strange. But still, no mention of three little girls down by the ocean. 
yeah. just in the little tree wooded area to see if you look at the lighthouse it'll be on your left if you're looking towards the main part facility it's on the opposite side of the lighthouse true it'll be on your right okay we're going to west virginia now and i'm sure everybody's heard of this one by now Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. <laughs> Ghost Adventures first three. live Halloween special. Season three. They should bring bring that live special stuff back. Not recorded early. What could possibly be creepy about a crumbling asylum? Well, pretty much everything. Especially this chilling old hospital in Weston. It opened in eighteen sixty four. And treated tens of thousands of patients suffering mental illnesses, often in crowded conditions, and with inhumane methods, including electroshock therapy, which is not allowed anymore. Okay, this hurts my eyes. Lobotomies. Which nobody does anymore. Good. It closed it it closed in nineteen ninety four. It is now a national historic landmark. Haunted by the hundreds of patients who died within its walls. Hundreds of thousands. Oh, shit. I already did. There was even there. soldiers there because it was used to, uh, Oh, what are they called now? I think it was barracks is the name for Maybe, them. Maybe, yeah. And then they, they kept on switching and switching and switching until 1994. I was yeah. a senior in high school when they shut down. Now they're going to New Jersey. Pine barrens, huge swathes, swaths of Atlantic coastal pines make up New Jersey's pine barrens, often called the pine lands or just the pines. But that isn't all that's found within this densely forested area. Beyond the pines are the ruins of mills, ironworks, general stores, and workers' homes. The remnants of once thriving industries that were abandoned in the late 19th century. Sorry. Hiccup. Now, it's said these ghost towns are roamed by the New Jersey Devil, born to a woman in 1735 with wings, a goat's head, and hooves, and haunting the area ever since. Okay, if I see wings, a goat's head, and hooves, I automatically think one of my brothers flying around. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I can't say sorry to Alex, but I can say sorry to you. <laughs> Arizona, we're going back to. Hotel Monte, uh, Monte Vista. It seems guests at this Flagstaff Hotel have a tendency to overstay their welcome. Sometimes, in fact, they don't check out at all. Preferring to stick around and make life interesting. For anyone else brave enough to stay overnight. Those haunting the suites and corridors include a woman who sits in a rocking chair by the window of room 305. Two murdered women of the night. Lady of the night. Ladies of the night. And the Meat Man. Don't know who that is. A long-term guest infamous for his stomach-churning habit of hanging meat from a, chandel from a chandelier. 
probably one of the reasons uh, Texas Chainsaw was made. Oregon. We're going to Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Shanghai Tunnels. Another place known as on Ghost Adventures. It's now better known for craft beer and hipsters, but Portland was also a hotbed of illicit activity. Much of it centered around the port area, where a grim practice called Shanghai was rife in the early 19th century. Men were lured from, lo from local saloons and dropped into these tunnels via trapdoors. There they were held captive, drugged, and dragged to the waterfront to be sold to ships as slaves. Unsurprisingly, the tunnels are now said to be haunted by these men, many of whom died in the underground passages. It doesn't say nothing about women, about the women that were found, that were heard of. Hmm. And it still happens today. Louisiana, we're going back to. It was Aaron Goodwin's hometown. Of course. Myrtle's, you better deal with that before I do. I'm in the middle of reading. The, the Myrtle's Plantation. This St. Francisville plantation was perhaps doomed from the start, as it's believed a burial ground for indigenous people lies beneath its foundations. But the ghostly goings-on don't stop there. Built in 1796, it's considered one of America's most haunted places, with at least a dozen ghosts. This is at least. Chilling tales include that of an enslaved girl, Chloe, whose master chopped off her ear after catching her eavesdropping. She then poisoned a birthday cake, killing two of his daughters, and was hung. That's actually the going legend. Wasn't that an episode on Ghost, Ghost Adventures? Yeah, Zack got pissed off because no one was saying anything. Mm. Including the, uh, the woman... Who practically raised a guy that did voodoo. Mm. Basically a voodoo practitioner. Yeah. She's, she wouldn't say anything about it. Uh, Miss Hester was her name. Yep. Miss Hester. Now we're going to New York. New Amsterdam Theater. Paramike just rolled his eyes on that one. A suitably glamorous ghost haunts the opulent art view interior of this Broadway theater. This was the home of the legendary Ziegfeld's Follies, famously lavish and elaborate stage shows, and it's one of the members that has refused to leave. Olive Thomas was named the most beautiful girl in New York City at the age of 16, but had a tragically short life, dying in 1920 at the age of 25. After accidentally swallowing mercury pills, you don't accidentally swallow mercury pills. You use that shit to kill yourself. She's now said to float across the stage, blowing kisses to the audience. I actually did, uh, this is one of the places I did Phantom of the Opera in. Georgia! We're next. Colonial Park City. Yeah, Park City. Colonial Park Cemetery. Take, a, take two shots and chug a glass of whatever you're drinking. I stumbled on the whole damn thing. Colonial Park's Cemetery is often described as one of the most haunted places in Savannah, with paranormal experts 
reported terrifyingly high levels of activity. Again, what the fuck is a paranormal expert? No such thing. There's people of knowledge of the paranormal, but not an expert. The city's oldest burial ground, opened in 1750, is a regular stop on ghost tours. Shocking. It's believed more than 10,000 people are buried there, though there are fewer than 1,000 grave markers on the site. Visitors report seeing shadowy figures, including that of a 7-foot-tall, 2.1-millimeter woman hanging from a tree. Okay, if there's fewer than a thousand grave markers, that would cause for some ghost, some spirits to get pissed. We're going to Maine. Seguin Island Light Station. Maine's first offshore station and second oldest lighthouse, built in 1796, has a suitably storied past. Seguin Island Lighthouse, named for the island it occupies, close to the mouth of the uh, Kennebec River, is said to be haunted by the ghosts of several people who lived in the, uh, in the isolated location. One story is that a lighthouse keeper from mid-1800s killed his wife and dead himself after being driven mad by, their by her piano playing. People still report hearing ghostly piano music on the island. Well, that's one way of t turning around saying, go fuck yourself, I'm still playing. <laughs> now we're going to Colorado. If I say this location and none of you know where the fuck it is, you need to crawl out from under that rock. Stanley Hotel, where The Shining was filmed and made. Of course, there were several other places for, like, a backdrop. Estes Park, Colorado. The pl a place so creepy, it inspired one of the most Famous horror stories of all time. The Stanley Hotel occupies a spectacular position in Estes Park at the gateway to Rocky Mountains National Park. But it's the spooky goings on inside that are truly breathtaking. One overnight stay even prompted Stephen King to write his best-selling novel, The Shining, adapted into the chilly 1980 film. One of them actually, by far, one of the one of the few. Horror films I actually like. There's others that I'm okay with, just not one of the favorites. Guests have reported hearing piano music in their rooms, with original owner Mrs. Stanley apparently t uh, tinkling the ivories, while others talk of the echoes of children's laughter in the hallways. And that's where the original Stanley steamer started. <laughs> okay... Slowly but surely, we're getting through the the emails here. Uh, you wanna do? Uh, I know a pair of mics over here, like starting to get hungry. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to stop here. Yep, we'll stop here and we'll do another one shortly. Yeah, we'll do another one uh, Monday, but that probably won't be out till like Wednesday. Right. So. That does it for me, Paramike, and for the Deep Dark Dungeon, the Gothic herself. I'm Paylor. And you've been listening to episode 19 of Everything Paranormal Podcast Show 2021. Please check out our website at everythingparanormal.gear.host backslash ep.html. 
If you have any uh, paranormal stories, send it to our email. EverythingParanormal2021 at gmail.com. Just put in the subject uh, who you want to read. Read it. Paramike or Paralore? Yep. Bye. Bye.